You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since Everybody, welcome to the GGTMC. We are back, and we got something a little special for you this week. We are covering three films. It's our Happy Halloween episode. We hope everybody has a good, safe holiday, and nobody dresses like uh, Todd's toy lipstick. No, uh, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> inside joke there. Uh, Very inside. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe well, not always. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we've brought uh the gang together as always there's uh the large william there's the totter but we have a special guest this week our good friend jeremy who's uh been listening to the show for some time jeremy how you doing good sir how you doing uh, good um facebook but i, I mean I, it, it sounds like a slight but it's not mostly a facebook friend and stuff like that and listener to the show but it is good to finally speak with you and we do thank you for coming on. It is uh, always great to have another voice added to the uh, the back catalog or the catalog, I guess maybe to this of the show. And uh, yeah, welcome aboard. Thanks, man. I pre- I've been listening to you guys for geez, I don't know, probably starting the uh, what's the Halloween episode. It's probably the first episode to listen to, and uh, you guys got me through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of personal problems, a lot of marital problems, uh, stuff like that. And you guys have always been in my ears and. In my hearts, in my mind. So I really appreciate you guys. Oh, that's nice of you to say. We appreciate. Thanks, it. man. Thank that's yeah. Uh, yeah. that's cool. I think it's it's funny because people say that sometimes, and it's um, it's humbling. Uh, and and the funny thing is, doing this show gets us all through stuff, right? On the on the flip side, right? It's yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it gets us through a lot of things. like yourself. I know you know you and I have had guess yeah a lot of stuff, man. We've had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Over the years, and it, yeah, being able to talk about something you love with people you love uh, and like-minded folk that you think very fondly of uh, does wonders for the spirit. So yeah. that's cool you to say, man. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, well, cool. Uh, my, you know, uh, my dad, he passed like uh, about almost five years ago, and you know, you guys were really there for me uh, a lot. In my, you know, like I said, 
Uh, you guys might have known it, not not may not have not known it, but uh, you guys were definitely there, man. And uh, I really appreciate you guys, big time. Nice. Oh, good looking out, man. Yeah, yeah. That's. Hey, you know, and that makes me feel good too, because you know, a lot of times uh, there's morning we joke around. There's mornings when we get up and we're like, "Oh man, I don't really want to. Why are we doing this? You know, what are we doing?" But um, you know, it, it has become a personal form of therapy for me. Not to divulge too much, but it has. It it gets me through my weeks and stuff. Uh, you know, life can be tough sometimes. I have a great life. I'm not complaining, but it's just you know, life beats us all down sometimes, and. Uh, know i have uh two friends in this case three that i can talk some movies about you know or with about what who anyway uh, it, it, it does make you feel good uh, even if todd's sick and uh you know he's got his lipstick put away it's still <laughs> for now for now yeah did you, did you not hear the zipper <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's right a lot of teeth <laughs> yeah take that how you will yeah the cage for the month never mind need to get mine <laughs> My, uh-huh. my zipper sound effect queued up here. <laughs> <laughs> we had one. We, we were dropping one for a while. Yeah, we did. We, yeah, we had one for a while. Yeah, well, yeah. well, not only if it was that memory serve. It might have been. Yeah, yeah. There was that, and I, but I remember I had that uh, that backpack sometimes I would carry, and I'd yeah. zip it. you'd always say, "Man, that's a long zipper." <laughs> I would. That's right, man. That's because you know got that special inseam. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got those special pants that zip up from the ankle up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it man yeah. that's it but yeah um go ahead go ahead will i was gonna say you know this episode is is i think our halloween episode if i may say so is always very near and dear to our hearts um because we typically have done a trilogy we haven't mentioned yet what we're going to talk about we'll get to that um but i look back i think as we all get older you know we become reflective and more reflective and I'm at a point with my kids where I'm, I'm dropping some horror on them. And and I think about, I didn't, I didn't watch, the, there was no family movie night for these, let me tell you. But um, I think about horror and I think, and I don't want to be so bold as to speak for any of you guys, but I'd feel relatively comfortable if I was a betting man that um, our first loves were horror, what were horror, was horror, is horror. And that was the gateway for us to really develop a deep love of film. And I, I see that with my kids even now, picking up DOPs and and effects and and certain certain tropes in film. And I think it's you know something that was a bit tough for us scheduling wise. And Totter's very sick, and um, but it's a, a labor of love. And uh, without further ado, Jeremy, do you want to tell us what uh, what we're dropping on the good folks of the GGTMC for our Halloween episode this week and this year, more accurately? Yeah, we're talking about the Summer Party Massacre trilogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is um I, I've only seen the first one. I've seen half of the second one, and the third one's a completely brand new movie to my eyeballs. So I'm pretty pumped to talk about it. So very nice. Nice. Very nice now. Uh had we all seen them all otherwise? Yes. Yes. I had seen them all I had seen all three, believe it or not. Yes. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, they're, they were a fun revisit. For some reason, though, I was mixing up three with a different Sorry. similar trilogy. I can't remember. Clive Hockstetter is the name of the killer in it. And I can't remember what that is. I look it up. It's like Sorority an House Massacre? Maybe that's what it is, man. Maybe that's what it is. And it's like a very, like almost like a, an Andy Sidaris-esque. Yeah, is that the one with the Orville Ketchum? 
in it. Maybe, maybe it's been years, and it just—it's just like this, where there's sort of tongue-in-cheek, blatant nudity. Yeah. Um, they play on a lot of the, the cliches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this genre. well, there, yeah. was, there was a lot of that kind of stuff. There was a there's this there's this little genre of these sorority slumber movies. And, oh yeah. Uh, obviously, they lend themselves very well to slashers because they give you everything you want in that genre, which is. You know, all the boxes. Yeah, they have blood, guts, and the nudity, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. women in peril, and all that kind of good stuff. So, it, oh, yeah. it uh, and it rock gives, and roll. Yeah, and rock and, and roll. Rock That's, and roll. Yeah, it gives you all that, <laughs> and uh, in a nice little package. The one thing I really appreciated going back and watching these movies is all how short they were. <laughs> they were yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. tore through the thing. So it was really nice to kind of go like back. A, and, like an hour and 20 minutes each, I think, all, all through. Like yeah. None of them, not one of them hit the 90-minute mark. God bless their souls. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, you know, that, that take that how you will. But, I mean, I think, you know, there's something to be said for knowing what you are and not overstaying your welcome. Let's see if, um, but, let, me, let me see if this works. Hang on one second. Let's... That don't sound good. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> sound like a part noise. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to do how about this one? Tommy's hungry, buddy. There we go. Here's Todd. Yeah. Hey. And that's that's getting down to business quick, man. That's a, that's a quick decisive. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got you. There's got to be a little more tease before you please, man. Yeah. Got to set the table with the unzip, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a keeper. <laughs> man. Uh, Mini Ripperton. Yeah, that's either a zipping a zipping up or a ripping out. That's one or the other. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's that windsock we often yeah. talk about, man. There that's EDTMC windsock. <laughs> there it is. Jeez. <laughs> that, or that's a man walking very briskly in corduroy. <laughs> very briskly. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that would be incredibly <laughs> yeah. briskly. Bris- briskly? Yeah. Brisky. Yeah, brisky? Uh, brisky. Sorry. They shoot horses. Yeah, don't, don't they? they? <laughs> yeah, don't they? Shout out to <laughs> M and Chris. Um, hey, before we, yeah, that's a good, that, that's decisive, man. That's yeah. almost like Kirby Hancock rocket right there. Man. <laughs> that, that was the one. Okay, so uh, before I take the show off the rails, uh, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about pop culture purgatory and uh, about yourself for our yes. uh, our listeners. Please do. Oh. Um, well, Pop Culture Purgatory kind of started off as a, a podcast that was more about um, just the wackiness of pop culture and news, you know, crazy news articles and stuff like that. Um, it basically just turned into a show the last couple of months about anything. So we just talk about whatever we want to talk about, uh, movies, music. We've been, we did a couple of uh, album reviews. We did the uh, new Tool album review uh we've done a uh, uh mars volta album review we've done a couple of um i had my wife come on uh he's a big fan of cake the band cake and she talked about uh one of their first albums and um yeah but this whole month has just been mostly uh horror movie reviews short horror movie reviews uh, just trying to find people that i know that i dig and I uh, want to hear their voices. I uh, want everybody to hear their voices and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just a podcast for really. Uh, what I've always wanted to do is just have a podcast about whatever, just uh, talk about movies, music, comics. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple of podcasts before, didn't really work out. But it uh, seems like this one um, has uh, definitely kind of uh, uh, kind of taken off a little bit for me. So, good. good. But uh, yeah. Nice. And, 
Hey, you know, about myself, I mean, I love, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, Colton Muscle guys, uh, Ogoro, uh, uh, F This Movie, um, uh, Projection Booth, uh, a lot of those guys, uh, all you guys pretty much um, really helped me sort of solidify what I love in movies and um, uh, music, um, definitely movies and music, and that's kind of what I've... Uh, kind of shaped me into who I am today. Uh, kind of always want to tell you guys that I just never really knew how to say, really know how to say it to you guys. But um, even everybody on the group, you know, uh, Jeff Barton, who's a really good friend of mine, and Paige Barton, um, those people, are, those guys are fantastic. And um, uh, this, uh, I get to meet a lot of people, and I still talk to a lot of those people today. And uh, I, um, I, you know, I can't. I don't know how to explain it, but uh, you know, I show, I show these movies to my wife. Uh, she loves them. She's just as much a, a fan as I am. Uh, some of the movies I showed to my son, and he's a big fan of them too. And um, even some to my mom, who had never heard of them before. So my mom, <laughs> my mom's a big, uh, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but she's a sort of a, a Andy Sedaris fan now. So because nice. of me, but um, but uh, you know, it's a it's a trip. It's been a wild ride, and uh, I'm just so happy that I get to be on board, and um, I got to hear about, find out, find you guys. And um, uh, I think uh, Sammy, I heard you on the last the last action hero pod episode of Jack uh, uh, and Booth, and I think that's where I heard about Gentleman's Guide. So that's where um, that's kind of where that started and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a rather infamous episode, actually. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if Mike's thank listening or Justin's listening, I'm sure they remember. That was a, I think it's the only episode they ever did a follow-up to. So that was, Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. They did two episodes on that. So yeah, Andy Sidaris. I only got one thing to say about that, man. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> Good old uh, lipstick yeah. there. I, <laughs> is, is Will still with us, or did he pass out? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, and I got my like rookie move. I got my knob turned down. Oh man, ooh, take whoa. that how you will. Ooh, He's, ooh. Take that how you will. Zippers. I'm going. Yeah, that's right, man. That's right. And I'm like, these motherfuckers can't. They're cold as ice tonight. Like, no one's responding to shit tonight. And it's because I'm turned down and talking to my talking into my lap. Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's it right there. More extreme. Like every single fucking one of these. Like you would not, you would, yeah, you would not believe. You would not believe. It's like how your many. lactose intolerance is just slowly yeah. building. You would not believe how many fucking fart shit cramp. How thing. many? How many zipper sound effects I had just found looking around? <laughs> a cornucopia of zipper effects. A lot of them. Oh, that's <laughs> Expanding. That sounds plastic. Be careful. Uh, all right. Anyway, okay, so that is what we are covering, and, and again, Jeremy, thanks for all the kind words. It is it is nice to know that I've often said, you know, we do this thing, and I wonder sometimes if there's ever an apocalypse and all this data survives, and, you know, the world comes back around. People find all these podcasts, and they think, to myself, there's a, you know, these people recording in their basements and in their attics and in their, you know, whatever, dog cages, whatever they do, to their own to their own free will, and... You know, you, you think about it, you know, we didn't get into this to become celebrities. We just got into this to talk about movies, and we're not celebrities. So I would never say that, but it is nice to know that we've, uh, for lack of a better word, and I know in, in the elements we're speaking here, this is going to sound worse than it's meant to sound, but it's nice to know that we have touched people. <laughs> uh, 
big time and in in solid and positive ways so that's always a a nice feeling the touching (laughs) exactly anyway uh, (laughs) all right i'll I'll try to calm down the zipper effects but man they are a lot of fun if i can time these perfectly they really lead to some chuckles let me tell you you just need some poppers need to get her on the dance floor man (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) black tank top Poppers like jalapenos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're spicy, man. He says pinos. I say pinos. Yeah. How about uh, yeah that that sling? Yeah. Get the Crisco. Get the double Crisco out, man. Oh man. Oh man. That was pronounced. Wow. Man, that one could have started a band. There we go. All right. Um, so, with saying that, we are talking the Slumber Party Massacre films. Slumber Party Massacre 1, 2, and 3, unique in the genre for the fact that they are directed by females and they're written by females. Um, that is a unique trait to the movies, and uh, we'll champion that a little bit and stuff. I don't know if it's... there's. Well, I don't want to get into it right now because some of it's kind of tied to review, so we'll get into that a little bit later. But it is unique in that aspect. Um, not a lot of, uh, I don't know, is there any other slashers directed by a female? That uh, that's a good question. I know that, uh, well, Mary Heron did American Psycho, if you want to lump it in. Um, yeah. There was uh, the female that directed, uh, we covered on the show with Coop, um, Coop and Tanny. Oh, oh man! <laughs> horror movie. I mean, horror movie wise in general. Mary Kong I mean, uh, or something. What's her name? Mary Lambert that directed yeah. Pet Cemetery One and Two. That's all. That's right. Yeah. It's not slasher, but the horror. But yeah, yeah you get yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a right? few, and, and, but it's it's just not a genre typically known for uh, the female touch. For well, yes, and I think you bring up a great point because horror certainly is a little more far-reaching in terms of, and I think it's more. Maybe accessible is not the right word, but it it certainly is um, a forum that would allow um, a woman to step behind the camera a little more comfortably. But slashers tend to be, by their very nature, and in the words of um, the critic in Tenebrae, full of hairy macho bullshit yeah. a lot of times, right? I mean, you get the final girls, but there's a lot of... Uh, well, they're really they're, of, uh, they're male perspective films. They're, they're, yes, they very much are. Yeah, they very yeah. much are. So oh yeah, uh, uh, which is funny yeah. since so often they. Okay, which is funny since they they're so often the the women are the main characters in them. So sure. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So let's dive in. I mean, uh, I don't really have a song to play for this, so we'll take a break after we talk about the first film, but. Let's uh, jump into these and start talking here. So, Slumber Party Massacre, 1982, directed by Amy Holden Jones, also known as Amy Jones. Uh, and I'll say the writers, like, again, because they're they're all uh, from females, uh, written by Rita Mae Brown. Uh, basic plot synopsis. A high school student's slumber party turns terrifying as an escaped mental patient with a drill decides to crash the evening. Uh, yeah, he does that. He, he definitely does I- that. Say he more sort of gently bumps into the evening, but yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, he kind of, yeah, he uh, kind of, yeah, uh, it seems to me like more like he kind of falls into it, but he stumbles and bumbles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Chris Berman. Um, yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I got all these sound effects lined up. Uh. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Todd, man. It was. <laughs> oh, that one was me. That was that was that, Todd. Todd with a Todd with a cold there. Yeah. Man. Uh, it'd be funnier if it wasn't true. <laughs> yes, it would be. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, it's always fun when we bring a guest on. Seems like the sound effects always come out when uh, we bring the guest on. Yeah. All right. So this is our first one. Uh, what did? Uh, what? Who wants to lead on this? Who wants to talk about it? Um, this is part one. Todd, do you care to champion uh, this one? There we go. The sound effects. <laughs> Are you talking to me or? I must be talking to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll dive in on this. Um, so, anywho, uh, you jump right in with the this the girl waking up this. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Trisha. Uh, Trisha. Yeah, Trish. 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 Michael. Trish. Yeah. Trish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she's waking up, and there's the uh, there's the radio uh, is on when she's uh, when she's waking up. Yeah. And I love the lack of enthusiasm yes. uh, that the girl on the radio has because <laughs> she's just absolutely not thrilled to win a t-shirt whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's one of the things is that you know right off the bat you notice that there is <clears throat> actually a lot of humor in this thing, um, yeah. like the telephone lady uh, banging on the van windows while the two jerks you know walk away from her and. Uh, all sorts of little things like that. So uh, immediately you see that it's not 100% uh, serious. It's taken a little bit of uh, jabs at the genre um, and just, you know, having fun in general. It's keeping it light. Um, and the Trish character, she's, you know, she's throwing out her, her little girl stuff. She's doing what she thinks she needs to, to be an adult. Um, but she's having the party that she's having, her little slumber party, uh, she's having it out, out of like nostalgia at 18, uh, which I just found really weird. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, later on, you know, Trish gets upset that her, her friend Diane wants to go bang her boyfriend, uh, but she's resigned to it. Um, but it's like a lot of these movies tend to be, you know, it's, it, it's this thing where the, the characters kind of trying to, to well, when they take the character seriously, uh, it's about the characters trying to, uh, you know, kind of taking their first steps into adulthood. Uh, and as always, it's uh, it's violence uh, that brings them into that. Um, so that was a nice little touch as well. Uh, yeah, like we said, it's written, directed, and even uh, I believe there was a producer on this was a, a, a woman. So um, it's not really the norm for the time. Uh, but no. I think that the the filmmakers, I think here, you know, prove that they really have the stuff. Uh, and prove that they're, you know, they're not above lingering on the uh, the female body or on the blood. So, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it still fits uh, with uh, with what it needs to do. It's still, you know, it's still a slasher movie by every definition. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's so the- it's not it's not as if you could say it's not as if you could say, you know, well, that's, you know, girls can't do this or, yeah. you know, it hits all the tropes and the lingering camera is, exactly. is very interesting to me. Uh as it's coming from a female director, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be the case, otherwise. Uh, but it, she understands the genre. Yeah, she yeah, understands, she understands that yeah. there's needs that this thing has. There's requirements, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and she's, you know, she's perfectly happy to uh, to get them in there. But she's also, uh, you know, Jones and company are also, you know, bringing a little bit extra uh, to uh, to what's happening. Like, there's some seriously intense uh, looks going on in the girl's shower. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some seriously I mean, like, like smoldering is yeah. happening here. Um, so uh, the movie, uh, it you never tries to mask the you killer. Should have seen the sm- you should have seen the smoldering looks uh, I had while I was watching the shower scene. Well, <laughs> you, into, your, uh, into your lap. Yes, that's right. Going, hey, Taffy. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get me laughing. I'm going to fucking cough. <laughs> Sorry. I think doesn't Trish tell Valerie like she's like they're in the shower and she's like uh, Valerie you played such nice such nice basketball today yeah. it's a great line yeah. played such nice basketball today you were good at sports today you were good at sports you know what's amazing about the basketball scene is the low water mark for basketball scenes in films is Teen Wolf when Michael J. Fox is not the wolf because he's looking at the basketball as he's dribbling all the time. Yeah. So I'm watching the girls in this. I'm thinking, well, at least they're looking down the court and not at the ball. I tried. So they did play some nice basketball today. I, mean, I don't think they anybody. Did, yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody has ever said that to anybody ever except. The no. Hey, you played some nice basketball today. Yeah. 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 Uh, Christ almighty. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, the movie it, it never tries to mask the killer. Um, no, no. So good or it, bad, good, good or good move or bad move. Well, it, it, I, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's reminiscent of Halloween in that respect. Sure. Uh, so it, it's good because we don't have to play, uh, you know, any, any guessing yeah. games, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, think of think of it this way. In the same respect, comparing it again to Halloween, is is this Russ Thorne character as good as Michael Myers? No, uh, Ooh, he has yeah. no he has no draw to him. Uh, he's as bland looking as he could be. I mean, he's he's wearing a Canadian tuxedo. That's, that's right. the only high point. <laughs> that is that. Yeah. That's the he's fucking a snap, Yeah, he's a him. snappier dresser than Michael Myers. He does have that. He on. is. Yeah, he is <laughs> not as he's not as utilitarian though. He's not I don't know. His hair no. is his hair is very well coiffed. It is. It is. It is. I'll grant him that. He's you know seen a barber yes. once or twice, yeah. and <laughs> uh, immediately after you know, getting out of uh, breaking out of prison, evidently. So this movie, so this movie, <laughs> this movie plays with the uh, the almost the uh, the urban legend of the hooked hand trope a little bit, right? The a little uh, bit, yeah. The mm-hmm. escaped mental patient. It's kind of playing with that. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but, but I mean, his only his only distinguishable characteristic is the large drill that he uses. Yes. Um, which, which is, you know, I, I also got to ask this, you know, with, in, in regards to the drill, how long does that fucking battery last? <laughs> well, I that thing's going a long time. I've had battery operated drills and shit. And yeah. let me tell you something. They don't last that many hours. Yeah. Uh, Todd, well, he, I, think, I, I think I can answer this cause I used to be a lineman for two years. Okay. Um, All right. uh, the drill that we used to use was gas powered and the drills that used were the drill that he uses in that you have to plug in on, uh, when you got in the bucket. So there's no cord. It's not gas powered. It's obviously electric. So he's just he's rolling around with the fucking drill that, that has no power at all. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a magic. It's magic. That's it's yeah, magic. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's I, like his, magic. just like his outfit, it's magic. I want you. I want all of you to know that I spent an exorbitant amount of time researching battery life of drills in 1980. In 1990. In 1980. 
I was like, wait a minute. Were there were there even portable bullshit. drills? Yeah, were there even portable drills back then? I need to know this. So I started Googling and everything else. What a, what a, what a sad state of affairs that was. I mean, talk about the most boring net searches you could do. Were you most know. of them just porn? Well, eventually it goes. Yeah, it goes right back to that. Yeah. 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 I tried so, to look up teeth. I tried to look up images of uh, teeth the other day, and all I got were. Uh, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! I got nothing but uh, a blue waffle. I got nothing yeah. but fucking uh, oral uh, pictures. It was gross. So, Sammy, so I stuck around saying? a while. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. There you go. Well, you, you're saying that's an it's an anachronism. Then there were no cordless drills at the time. Uh, I don't know. I'll, no, there were there were a couple back in 1980. There were they were not that regular. I don't think not for like no, most people. So. And uh, and if they were, then yeah, the 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 battery life on those things was like sure wasn't no Ryobi. That's for sure. <laughs> you went to my Makita. No yeah. Dewalt. No Dewalt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's why the the, the the handle on top, the handle on top and the handle on bottom is where you can you can, you can flip it around and you can use your body weight to push because it's for it's for drilling holes for bolts on telephone poles. So it's like mm. you have to have that kind of power. And uh, I mean, some of those poles <laughs> are pretty thick. So uh, you know, yeah, you gotta yeah. have the power. You ain't gotta tell any of us here at the GGTMC that you know. <laughs> that's right. That's my drill right there. <laughs> Ooh, are we gonna get a fucking jackal song in here too? <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack now, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, it's it's interesting that uh, you know what few male characters are are either uh, predatory or assholes or both. Um, they're also. Yep. Very ineffective, with the exception of Mr. Thorne. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Mr. Content, which I love that name. He's uh, amazing. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a good is, name. It's just a total creep, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the women in this movie, they're carpenters, they're telephone repair people, etc. They're very able. You know, and they have, exactly, and they have, they have sex drives. Uh, but that's not all they think about. That's not to say that they don't fall into certain cliches. Um, because, you know, again, they still have to fit the, their you know, kind of narrow definition here, uh, for the genre, but they're definitely elevated here. I think they're more developed. Uh, and uh, like I said to you guys previously in more ways than one, yeah. but I'm ching. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but they are, you know, it's a little more, it's taken these characters a little more seriously. It's given them just a little bit more weight. So you do feel a little bit, you know, a little bit of something, uh, more than you might normally when, uh, when they start getting, uh, picked off. <laughs> Um, so you get, you know, poor new girl Valerie, right? Uh, and she's, she's silent for the first part of the film and you get to thinking there's something off with her, uh, aside from being new. Um, but of course, when we see her and her sister just hanging out, we know that she's normal. Uh, and it's the sister who's weird, uh, as kid siblings in these, uh, these kinds of movies are the Courtney character yeah, who would show up I, again. Is she weird or yep. is she just obnoxious? Well, she's a little bit of both. Yeah. Who, Valerie? Uh, no, Courtney. Oh, Courtney. I was going to say because I, I love Valerie. Valerie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Valerie's yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Valerie's um, great. Valerie is top tier next to the Ola Ray lookalike. Dude, Sammy, <laughs> man, I knew. Trust me, I knew as soon as I saw her. <laughs> yeah. I knew as soon as we saw our girl Jackie, my man from the same cloth was going to give a shout out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's the zipper sound effect. Anyway. Outstanding. Um, so, yeah, Courtney's reading uh, that Stallone issue of Playgirl. Oh, yeah, uh, amazing. And, oh, yeah. of, course, you know, of course, she only reads it for the articles. Like, she's actually thumbing Just through like, the thing. Yeah. Uh, as, as I'm sure she would. Um, and, uh, you know, I, there's little things that pop up here. Like, you know, hey, remember when you used to have to add sugar to Kool-Aid? I thought about that too. I, I, yeah. That was a nice callback. It's uh, been a while since I dumped half a bag of sugar in a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, unless there was booze in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and then the, there's the one girl who's uh, at the slumber party. She's reading a newspaper. Why? Who well, does that? Know, well, nobody I'm, does that. Well, yeah. Maybe nobody does it in their lingerie, but people do it, I guess. At a slumber party. <laughs> Well, no, yeah, uh-uh. you're probably right. I would. I, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> 1982, no, that, that fight, man. That's fighting words. Yeah, there's no MSN.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, should they be like putting each other's bras in the freezer and shit like that? I mean, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> not, instead so, of reading the fucking yeah, want ads, this, I, this I don't get, get it. Yeah, this gets into the more controversial subject of what a male perspective on a slumber party should be. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so the score. Uh, to the film is is heavy on synth, uh, but it's actually you know pretty thin and standard. Um, and that said, you know the film on the whole has a low budget grit to it that I really like. Uh, it's it's nice looking. Um, yeah, it looks but pretty it's, good. It's but it's very it's very. Um, I don't want to use the word utilitarian, uh, but it's it's very <laughs> functional. It's not it's not you know a great showcase for style, uh, but it does everything that it needs to do. It does it well. Uh, and it, it you know it, it fits it all together, but it does have that kind of that grittiness to it um, that's going on in some of the uh, the shots that, uh, that that just appeals to me in the same way that the smell of old comic books does. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, going back to okay, here's another one. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, how the, the characters are a little bit more defined. So uh, the Diane character is co- having a conversation with her boyfriend. Um, and she's asking him if she's getting better at it, it being, you know, the deed. Um, and it sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, and you know, the, the conversation, it, it kind of shows that the, the character has a little bit of a layer of vulnerability to her outside of being sassy and kind of a bitch. So I, you know, I appreciate that in these, uh, in these movies. Yeah. Um, then there's, you get the two dweebs. Uh, who show up to spy oh, on and man. scare the girls? Oh, yeah. uh, and and these two cats, these two cats are so fucking try hard. It's not even funny. Um, are dude, they? The, are they the I worst dweebs? Never, are they the worst I've dweebs never in the been trilogy? That fucking desperate. Yeah, I, dude, I've been way desperate, and I've but never been as let's, desperate. Let's let's, but let's also factor in that this is written and directed by a female, so we're getting the female perspective on how. Dudes come across. They're simple, feeble idiots a lot of sure, the time. Sure, sure. Well, like, yeah, right? like every other male in the movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, sure. what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if women absolutely. are going to be one note and they've been marginalized in every film under the sun that a lot of us love or at least pushed to the side, um, then fair turnabout deserves fair play or whatever the saying is. Sure, sure. You know? But I mean, usually the women are just ogled and, uh, you know, kind of leered at. But these guys, you just want to slap. They're just useless. It's- yeah, oh, exactly. Clowns. They are like an asshole with taste buds. Um, so uh, <laughs> you get to the point where uh, they call their teacher or their coach or whatever outside of school uh, and just like to shoot the shit. Like, who does that? I've never done that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Coach Gianna. She's the, the nicest coach in the world. Been talking about the, the figures in the baseball game that night and it's pretty yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of shooting the breeze. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just curling my hair and <laughs> having a um, party. Yeah, we're just having a party. Reading the newspaper. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, 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 of course, get you know that iconic shot of the drill between Thorne's legs, which you know is oh, more yeah. or less summing up everything uh, that oh, you need boy. to know about what the film is, what it's saying, uh, what it's doing, what it means. Um, and then uh, you know, once the kills actually start ramping up. Uh, I think they come they come pretty fast and furious. Uh, the film spends enough time on the setup and development, and we do have enough of an attachment to the characters that we care about what happens. Uh, they're not complete idiots for the most part. The characters, uh, uh, you know. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, so, big question that does pop up, and this is uh, this is coming from uh, from Sammy's uh, from Sammy's girl. Is it okay to eat the pizza the dead delivery guy was laying on? Um, mm. Yeah, I would suggest yes. I'm gonna say uh, she, okay. How long is he? Long as he wasn't, yeah. Well, as long as he wasn't bleeding on the box, she's I'm late. gonna go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. She's a lady after my own heart. And nowadays, exactly. you know, when, yeah. I, when I've seen the delivery boy with the pizza, it's usually in 20-minute uh, clips on TV. Or on <laughs> I was going to say, is there usually a whole cut in the fucking bottom There's of the usually, box? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird uh, weird type of sausage on that pizza. But either way, <laughs> the uh, we'll get into pepperonis in a, a couple of movies down the road here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Man, will we ever? That's not pepperonis. Those dimmer bologna slices, they're bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That ain't no mortadella, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Hang on. I got something for that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's almost like a, like a punctuation at the end, like an exclamation point at the end of that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to get trying to get free of the uh, skin there. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah there was a bit of uh, a bit of denim stuck in there that they had to get ooh, past. Ooh. Oh. Thank God it wasn't skin. I think, I think you bring up some interesting points, though, because I do like some of the character development in the film. It is a weird I touch. Do. Yeah, it's a weird touch for this little short slasher movie that wears everything on its sleeve. I mean, it's called Slumber Party Massacre, so it, it tells you everything it's about in the title. Mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. it has these kind of cool little moments, even jokingly, about the playing good basketball. But, you know, it's like saying, hey, Will, you did good po- good podcasting tonight. Good, yeah. Good podcast. Well, that, that is that is how we actually finish up after we. Yeah, that is good podcasting. Yeah, you guys only hear you guys only hear adios. I mean, once we hit the stop button, it's hey man, good, good podcasting. podcasting. Good podcasting. That's right. No, the uh, Ex- excellent talking today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like all those little moments between the characters and stuff, and it never feels like it doesn't feel. As it does in the next couple films we'll get to, it it starts, well, maybe not the second one, but definitely by the third one, it starts to feel just a tinge of the MacGyver-ish type thing that would start to happen in slasher movies where, you know, the characters almost have to get, they have to get wiser than the the slasher himself. This one, they feel like also a decent, There was time. also a decent span of time between the three. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, yeah they, you know, that, that sort of that sort of development and or Five years degeneration, what years? have you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and this is also you know this is also buttoned up really close to you know the uh, the start of the genre in general. So, yeah. yeah, I mean this is right there at the beginning more or less. It is oh. just like three years in, but you know this the, the train wasn't really in. No, it wasn't. It hadn't gotten to self parody yet. No, no, no. So this, it was, I guess, kudos for pointing that out because this is probably one of the very first self aware you know tongue 
firmly planted in cheek. Well, not firmly, but uh, it's planted. Well, it, it, I mean, you yeah, know, no, it's no, aware. It, it knew, it, yeah, exactly. It's very aware. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell you, you know, it doesn't kind of like, it doesn't wink at you in that time, no. that sort of, uh, no. that sort of self, uh, self congratulatory way. That's um, right. It plays, you know, I'm it still plays by the rules. It still does what it needs to do. What's that, Jerry? Oh, I was just saying, like, the, unlike the third one, I think it does get into sort of a parody sort of mode. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Th- well, yeah, uh, it does. It's, it's, that one's a bit more cliche, but yeah. Um, the, so then finally you get to the, the big finale, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, brutal, it's bloody, it's tense, uh, it works. Yeah. And one of the things that I really liked is that, um, the the credits roll right after the uh, the finale, and everybody's upset. And I like that ending because you don't get you don't you don't have to worry about you know uh, cheap shock uh, endings. You don't have to worry about uh, any kind of you know happy ending. It ends like an actual horror movie uh, should end, with everybody kind of being put through the grinder, and then it's like okay, now these guys have this aftermath that they have to deal with, and I like that. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. I, I like that the you know abrupt endings in the in certain circumstances, especially like uh, especially in, in one like this or in this sort of um, this sort of situation. Um, and that's pretty much all the notes that I got on this one. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kick I'll, it over to uh, to one of you cats. I felt like there was the end of it is definitely where you if there's a message in the film, you can start to sense it at the end of the film and it starts to get into that whole. Oh, know, yeah. penetration thing and all that stuff. Well, I think well, I think you you pretty much get the message of the film with that shot with the drill between the guy's legs. Yeah. I mean, that's also it. also the machete to the drill bit as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the uh, you know, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's late at night. <laughs> <laughs> metaphor? Yeah, there's a metaphor. Well, there's a metaphor there. I'm trying to think of what the word would be. I know this word. Uh, it's castration? <laughs> yeah, castration, that, yeah. It's like go. cutting off the power. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Maybe castration would be the word. Uh, you know, masculation, something like yeah, that. Masculation. masculation. Yeah. yeah, that might be the word I was looking for. So either way. There you go. No, yeah. no, yeah, that's in there. I'm looking at pictures of uh, the the the, uh, the African American. Yeah, uh, yeah. Andre Anor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's got a lot of pictures on IMDb here. So, sure. Hey, we wouldn't even talk about it. That Sammy search. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I I did a Sammy search on Valerie, but then eventually, oh, eventually I figured out that she reminds me a lot of my aunt. So I was like, oh, fuck. I gotta get out of oh. Oh. Whoa, hey. <laughs> <laughs> David Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, man. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, are you all done talking about the Canadian tuxedo? I'm all done, man. Whoever wants to, uh, Jer- to jump Bear. on in. Yeah, and you want to uh, chime in on this one? On? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take a slice of this. Um, uh, I do. There's a great... slasher fan. <laughs> slice. Uh, it's a great line uh, where um, the boyfriends, or whatever they are, Jeff and Neil, or whatever their names are. Neil and Bob. Uh, oh, is that it? Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, when they, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because that scene, there's that weird scene where like they're about to take off, like to run out of the, out of the house to get help, and like, and they come very close to kissing. So yeah. I was like, 
Uh, but uh, they, they, they're, they're walking with the girls and they say provisions, Doritos, No-Dos, Binnies, Crystal Meth. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird? Yeah. I just thought about this, Jeremy, not to cut you off or anything, but there's a scene what? where doesn't she get off a motorcycle and kiss a guy? Is that, is that her uncle or is that her boyfriend or what is that? Uh, I don't know. Trish, Trish comes home. <laughs> she gets a ride on a motorcycle. Does she? Yeah, and she kisses some. Yeah, guy. she does. Yeah, she kisses some guy on a motorcycle, and I thought, okay, well, that must be the boyfriend. He seems a little old, but whatever. And it's never really kind of addressed again. And the whole time I'm watching it, that bothered me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Jeez, Louise. Homegirls uh, got moves, man. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, I guess the so. biker does, man. He's like, what are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought that uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name, uh, Todd? Current uh, current or oh, Mr. Content? Content. 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 Yeah. Mr. Mr. Content's voice is, it reminded me very much of Owen Wilson. His voice. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way he talks. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you guys ever need any help? Uh, you, yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Mr. Content. Mr. Content. It's okay. Mr. Content is a great name for a podcast, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Mr. Content. Welcome Mr. to the uh, Mr. Co- yeah. Like, uh, was it, what is it that the old, uh, what is that um, ABC's? Of, uh, what's, what is it? Uh, oh. with the, the, you're thinking. Uh, you're what? thinking castration. That's what no, I'm not <laughs> you can't hit it if you can't think of what you're talking about. Just have Todd say castration, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is ABC Rock or um, I can't remember that the old school the older um, uh, uh, after school special no, uh, that, no School of Rock that's what it was right well, no no was school. no no yeah, school. School House Rock House School House Rock yeah School House that's Rock it. there we go for my deal that, that, that's short castration yeah. castration <laughs> yes maybe, maybe? <laughs> um I should have lost my my thought here um. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, Welcome uh, to the GGTMC. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought this was pretty interesting that uh, Mr. Uh, so um, uh, the girl who gets killed in the garage, uh, I think her name is Diane. Yeah. Uh, Diane. Rose McGowan. Oh, she's my jam. <laughs> she's, she's definitely my jam. Uh, yes. But uh, Diane goes out there to get firewood out of the garage and uh, sees a snail, and, and all of a sudden a knife comes out of nowhere and slices it in half and ends up being Mr. Content, who searches for snails at night with a butcher knife or something, uh, with yes. flashlight. I thought yeah. that was it's, interesting. It's, it's, it's like the, it's like the uh, suburban equivalent of going down to the dump to shoot rats. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, here in the South, I don't really, we don't see that very often. We use like a BB gun or something like that. But, uh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, buddy, you got to pour salt on slugs. They just fucking melt. Mm. I've never done it. I've never done oh, it. Oh, yeah. Never done it. Um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, I, I, um, there are, there, are, uh, Coach Jana, who I like quite a bit, um, that that whole scene kind of plays out, kind of reminded. I hope you guys, you know, uh, are with me on this, but like, uh, kind of reminded me of sort of like The Shining, where you know, where Catmith Crother shows up to the Overlook and is immediately dispersed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He shows up and like knocks on the door, comes in. She's like, you think, uh, you know, she's a coach, so she's gonna be able to ha- handle this guy, and then immediately gets sliced through the stomach and she's down. It's a total bummer. Although Scatman probably would have looked better in a speedo T-shirt too. I, <laughs> I think so. Oh, man. <laughs> I got a sound effect for that. Hang on. For Speedos. 
that, that, that's what we call the duty bubble here in the north. That's a oh. fucking prolapsed anus if ever I heard it. <laughs> oh, man. That's what that reminds me of. You said... There we go. Oh. Things just slapping around like a fucking old... Never mind. <laughs> that, uh, it's that clap again. The, them turtle the cheese shells. log. Them, them oh, turtle man. shells of Todd's there, buddy. Yeah, yeah the turtle shell clapping. Clapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, Man. Uh, um so um uh so corny I, I you know i play a lot of tricks on a lot of people uh in my time once i tricked my cousin into thinking i fell in and cut my knee open and used a, ke- a ketchup packet uh to make it look like i bled yeah nice but uh so, so courtney uh to, to get back at her sister valerie she ends up Laying on the concrete uh, in the dark with a knife yeah. and uh, scares the shit out of her. I was like, I don't really understand this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but all right, you know, get back at her. They're constantly getting back at each other. Um, I um, I thought that the um, the scene where Trish hides in the uh, the the, clo- the sort of uh, clo- the suitcase bag or the, the suit bag or whatever in the uh, in the closet Gar- was pretty awesome. bag, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the killer puts most of the bodies in the trunk and also counts them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and he, and he, yeah he loses one. <laughs> yeah, I like that quite a bit. Um, it's it's also got that weird. Uh, it's got a. It only happens at one time with Diane, but it's got that sort of Friday Thirteenth by the by the end. Uh, all the bodies have to hang from trees and shit. So the sequence where Diane falls from the rafters of the uh, garage. Yeah, there always has to be that kind of uh, that kind of diorama. Uh, yeah. set up that the killer yeah. sets up for the, there's always the some, final girl it, it, there's one thing weird thing about psychology of slasher movies there there always has to be that uh yeah the not diorama so much but yeah the, the, the house of well, horrors yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, you want to call it yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the i call it a, <laughs> art installation there you go mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> And I, I I like that slow like the slow motion of that scene like where Val's I think it's Val that's in the garage and like it's kind of it's really cranked down pretty slow and then like you can kind of see her breathing and then all of a sudden the body falls from the rafters like hangs from the rafters it looks yeah. really cool I dug it yeah. yeah there's some good use uh, of slow motion in this it's very subtle yeah there is actually yeah it's yep. really cool yeah, yeah. Um, also love the eyeless pizza dude scene it's my probably yeah, my favorite scene in the movie yeah. Um, there's a great uh, that, that, that was a wow. tip from Todd for that pizza guy. Ooh. <laughs> I I love the uh, black guy with cold hot dogs. Twenty percent. Cold. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. <it's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> um, like where the where I think uh, Bob or <laughs> John or Bob asked uh, 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 Trish if she's got, they got a steak and she's got a pack of hot dogs. So they use a pack of hot dogs for the black guy. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, and I also love the serial kill, the, the killer, um, Russ Thorne. At, he kind of reminded me of, at, at times, kind of reminded me of Billy Bob from Sling Blade, the way he kind of moved and looked <laughs> at sometimes in the shadows. But uh, I love the way he screams at the end uh, when he gets his oh, hand yeah. It's pretty great. Really into it, yeah. Yeah, for the rest yeah. of the for the remainder of the movie, he's like, he's just kind of like sleepwalking through it, and then all of a sudden he's animated. Really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really he's just an odd he's just an odd character in. Gen- I mean, he's so he is utilitarian. Now, now I'll use that word. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, because he is exactly you know only 
there to fit the bill of being a, a serial killer. That's it, period. Yeah, that's uh, my opinion. Anyway. I'm really bothered well, I, by the I, fact I that his hair never gets us. I'm, I'm, it really bothers me that his hair never gets messed up. Well, they had Aquanet back then, man. I yeah, mean, they sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, but it's not like he has a luxurious mane. Like, I mean, he's got it closely cropped. Like, he's got a widow's peak. Like, yeah, there's not that, a whole lot of room to move. He's got that Frank Vincent look. That uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the Ahmad Farouk. Yeah, that look. that tight Italian uh, cut. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> yeah. He totally does. That guy was Italian for sure, man. <laughs> if there's ever been an Italian slasher, not named Joe Spinell. Yeah, there. <laughs> what was that? What was his real name? Was Michael Villela? Villela? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Villela? Yeah, Villela. Yeah, that that's got. I don't know how many lies to put in that. Yeah, he he did he did a little bit of stuff though. He was in a couple of steamy wild orchid films. Oh man, oh. I got to see those. I bet you do. I want to see if he does that. Does that moan again? Yeah. <laughs> in a, on a TV show in 2007, he played a character known as Bathtub Fat Cat. Wow. <laughs> that right there. Now that's cat. a name for a band. That is. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean he he worked a little bit. I don't remember him from anything outside of this. Um, he's not yeah i'll admit he's not original he's certainly not as original as the one we'll talk about in the second film, oh but, man but but to the bone <laughs> yeah. oh man but yeah. but the I, I there's some part of me that liked a little bit the way his performance kind of it was kind of it was very wooden and i think it kind of worked it, it felt very real to you in a way. Like, yeah, did it feel yeah. almost like it was? It was stripped down and yeah, it wasn't just, as fantastical as we'd well, come I, to I think, expect. Yeah, I think I just didn't. I like the fact that there wasn't a mask. I like the fact that it just looked like uh, well, it looked like a telephone repairman. It looked like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just. Yeah, I mean, I like. There's a lot of. There's a really great. There's a couple of really great scenes where it's sort of like a close-up shot where one side of his face is bloody and the other side is clean and it's sort of you see all these really great shadows over yeah. his face and yeah. he's got these really wide eyes yeah yeah and it's sort of like he'll look over and the camera will pan with him it's pretty damn good sometimes yeah so. there's no real pathos to him at all though i mean even even no, so, most no. slashers are pretty thin with that stuff but i mean you get nothing on russ thorn outside of the fact that he's a madman that's all you get and it's 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 pretty bare bones there and i don't think that helps his his you know story arc at all if there is one there for him and and this is a weird trilogy anyway because really the the yeah. drill is the killer because that's right they yeah. the all three movies <clears throat> Joe's have, the through line man yeah yeah the drills the through line because all three films have a different uh killer so it's very it's a very strange trilogy of films <laughs> in that way yes yeah. yeah it's i guess yeah if you want to look at it in a sort of a a larger perspective can we think of a series? I mean, there's, you know, Friday the 13th has had a few um, red herrings, but yeah, I mean, three for three, it's completely different. And they're, they're so tenuously linked. Yeah. Really, the drill is the, the through line, and that's it. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other slasher series for certain that the weapon is the main link through the film. Um, I think this is the Ooh. only one. Now, I may be wrong, and, and I would gladly. This is off the top of our heads, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would gladly hand in my, my horror card for that, but uh, it's really hard for me to think of another series where um, the killer changes each time. And, and, and not only does he change, but it's almost like three different types. 
Big time. Uh, one's real realistic to the point of boredom. One is over the top to the point of insanity, and one is uh, well, one's almost one. Uh, one is almost like a whodunit type thing. So, mm-hmm. and the uh, yeah, that one actually tries to deal with some pathos with one of my <laughs> one of my favorite oh, uh, lines of all of them, uh, which I'll try to do an impersonation of once we get to it. So. I cannot wait. <laughs> Next up, we're going in out of chronological order here, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part three next, yeah. Yeah. Some great dialogue in three. Oh, man. Yeah, some great dialogue in three, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, got anything okay. else? Or you... Uh, you... Uh, I got one line here. Uh, like the, the line that Jeff says uh, to the... The telephone repair woman is... Uh, She's so hot. Like I've never, I, you know, I was a, I was a lineman for two years. I've never, I've never saw a woman uh, on the telephone line on the line ever. Uh, but um, I wish I could have, please. But uh, no, that never happened. But like I remember this, this line that he says to her. He says, uh, "You know what they say about younger men? Try it if you like it. It's a great line." So yeah, yeah, that's almost the anti-line line. It's yeah, yeah I don't know. And hey, you know what we got to play? You know what we got to play here? Not as you go to jail if you say that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what song we got to play here in between? What? It'll be a missed opportunity if you don't use little new edition, Mister Telephone Man. <laughs> oh shit! Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? That's it, brother. That's it. Ooh. You want to know something? Remember, I was talking about off the air, or maybe it was on the air. I can't remember this point about Hoxtetter. And I think Todd said it was Sorority House Massacre. Coincidentally, Michael Valela played Hoxtetter in Sorority House Massacre 2. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh. Wow, what, it's, what are the odds of that? Huh. That is serendipity right there. It is. I love I love that IMDb. Sometimes the people who put the quotes on here, they amaze me. I got the <laughs> Russ Thorne quote on here. One, two, three, four, four. Shit. That's a... Uh, <laughs> When he's counting the bodies, you know, that's... That's mammoth level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is mammoth level. I mean, I couldn't even came up with that. Yeah. Shut up and drink your Kool-Aid. <laughs> All right, Will, you want you got anything? You want me to go? Uh, you go ahead if you want, buddy. Um, that, I will say, even with the short runtime, this thing does feel a little padded out. It's uh, not aged incredibly well, the film. Uh the the performances are fine for what they're supposed to be and stuff. I just feel like there is a little too much padding in uh, some spots. There's a lot of, well, maybe there wasn't a lot. It just felt like a lot of pre-slumber party stuff before it gets a little uh, crazy again. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's kind of got that saggy middle a little bit for me. And even at 84 or 80 or maybe 74 minutes, however long this is, um, it was kind of weird because I thought, you know, this would kind of fly through. I enjoyed it. I really did. And, and I, I have enjoyed it in the past. But it probably did, this one, it probably did take a step down for me from what I remember. Because... Same. Yeah, I, I remember it being short and kind of full of electricity. <laughs> and not for the power drill. But it's... Uh, this time around, it felt a little, it felt a little flabby. And uh, that was kind of a surprise to me uh, because I didn't expect that. Um, no, nah, but I, I found the killer more interesting than Todd did. Um, but only- see, and, I, and, and here, and here, I think that you know the stuff that you 
considered flabby. I considered it to be, you know, some nice development and setup. Yeah. Well, no, I like some more than more than being more than being, you know, just kind of like I, I, I don't, I don't know that I would call it filler. Yeah. But that's you know that's no, the difference. You know, I, I'm not a little. Yeah, I'm not talking so much about. I, I'm talking more about the girl party itself. I, I mm. some of the stuff I do okay. like. I like the scene where the two sisters are talking about sex. Mm-hmm. Or, or talking about growing up or whatever they're talking about. I like that scene. It felt real. She was combing her sister's hair. I do feel like the little sister was a little too old. Uh, you know, again, that's a pet peeve type thing. It's a, a, you know, sure. it's a minor complaint, but it did feel like, you know, like the beginning of a lesbian scene more than it felt like a little sister scene sometimes. And and it's it, it, it some of that stuff I found really interesting. I just, I don't know, something about, maybe it is the way it's shot. It feels like in the beginning, there's a lot of energy and then it really slows down, and then at the end, it kind of finds its pulse again and kind of kicks up again. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't want uh, Tony Scott's slumber. Well, actually, I do, I do kind of want Tony Scott's That'd slumber party. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, no, I'm sitting here thinking about it. That would have been amazing. Been billowing drapes going through the background, and oh yeah, you know, <laughs> sunglasses on during the night. Anyway, red hat. Yeah, red hat. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, the the. I, I don't know. I just it, it felt a little odd in that way, and 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 for a short film, I just found that kind of interesting. Now, it, like I said, it took a dive down for me, but not a steep dive, just a small one. I still think this is a pretty solid slasher movie. It has uh, a lot of the key elements you want. It it covers pretty much all the bases. Uh, like I said, I did spend an you know it, it made me spend an exorbitant amount of time searching power tools in 1980. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's that. So it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do like the fact that it doesn't shy away from the things that make this genre appealing to those of us who like it, which is the exploitation elements. I mean, you, you go into this, you expect nudity, you expect blood and guts, and you expect, um, all those things that we love about this genre. Um, again, not, not, maybe not a popular thing to say nowadays, but it is, a genre that we enjoy and uh yeah I, I mean i had a pretty good time with it i'm not gonna lie uh, i guess maybe maybe in a weird way uh, no nah, i'm not gonna say that that would, would be way too piggish but i guess i wanted i guess i wanted it to be a bit more and I, that's one thing i came away from all three films with i kind of felt that like, i could appreciate yeah yeah i feel like all three films are definitely uh time capsules of their period because i feel like if this movie was made today i feel like it it would be well, with the right hands, like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, shit, I can't think of who it would be. <laughs> who would make a movie called Slumber Party Massacre 4 at this point? You know, I'm sitting here thinking, I was going to say Gaspar Noe, but can you imagine that Slumber Party film? Oh, my God. If we're going to get a Banana Splits slasher movie, anything's possible. That's true. Or a horror movie, That's anything's true. possible. That's true. That's true. You know, with the right energy and the right person behind the scene, I mean, you know, I think there's there's real potential to be really kind of ugly with this material in a way that could be really appealing. And I know that sounds like a strange thing to say, but I think that's what you want from a movie called Slumber Party Massacre. And and in some ways, this is pretty tame, although I wouldn't, you know, I haven't really showed my son much anyway because he's just, he's kind of a sensitive boy and I haven't really shown him much scary, scary stuff. But um, if he was to start watching slashers, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd take him down the, the, the more general path because this is this is smutty enough yeah that you know uh, I just don't want to have the conversation yet so no, yep. neither do I dude yeah no, so you know yeah, so it's, uh, it's just smutty enough to avoid the conversation you know so the others it, it could probably be had in some of the other ones I know that but it's still 
This one just I don't know. There's a there's a sense of sleaze to it. It's just it's not full tilt. But mm. yeah, I had a good time with it. Will you got anything? Um, just a couple of minor things to add. So part one and two we should add are on Shutter for those that are subscribed. Um, also Tubi. Oh, there you go, Tubi as well. Okay, Tubi, excellent. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, a lot of the stuff you guys had already talked about, so there isn't a ton of stuff to mind. But it's funny we get some nods to things like Halloween, um, the shower stuff, and the gym stuff felt a little carry to me. A little bit, you know. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't end with a bunch of tampons being mercilessly thrown at uh, <laughs> a character. Um, but even there's a few Halloween nods throughout this series. So one in the third part three as well, which I'll mention. But um, I thought Valerie was really great. I, I like the relationship with the sisters well enough in this one. And I just want to echo what you guys said that I do feel the characters were more fleshed out, and there's a little more life breathed into them. Um, than we normally get in the genre. And it did feel a bit fillery at times, but I still am glad it was there um, for a bit of fresh air. Interesting piece of trivia. Uh, Amy Jones had the choice to edit E.T. Yeah. or direct this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, interesting. Whoa. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you know, bravo to her. This. I mean... It's, it's, she it's, called her own shot. Yeah, it's, right. a diff- it's a different path, you know, maybe... It would have been better for her career to do the other, but, you know. She always would have wondered, what if? What if? Well, I guess she, she may still, but she called her own shot, and I think that I applaud that. Um, the entire score for this was done on a Casio keyboard, which is pretty amazing. That is absolutely 100% accurate, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What you hear. Yes. It's pretty it odd. might even um, be the SK-1 that I had back then. I don't doubt it. That's pretty amazing. Um, I love that uh, our girl in this... Uh, Jackie is making strawberry daiquiris. That's right. Very, very nice. Uh, I don't think, you know, it's funny when I was watching this, I thought, man, this is kind of flat. There's not a lot of great kills. Now, I will be forthright saying I was quite tired when I watched it, which can very much affect the viewing in terms of how we critically look at it. But when we get to part two and they kind of have the flashback sequence, I'm like, oh, you know what? The, the kills were a little more fun than I remember. Namely, like you guys had the pizza boy and and a few other things. And yeah, there's some pretty good slow-mo in this. So um, I'll say this. I feel like Michael uh, Villela is kind of like a, a, like a sweaty Canadian tuxedoed Ben Stein. <laughs> <laughs> he just hits yeah. kind of flat for me. Yeah, if he'd had a, a set of glasses on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I like Valerie... And she may be good at basketball. <laughs> she's out here catching butterflies with that machete. Like she's just <laughs> so. It just come on, girl. You got to swing a little harder than that. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know what? Those are all my notes. I want to save <laughs> save some airtime here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get into make or breaks. Um, MVT's score, Todd. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Make or break for me is the death of the one dweeb uh, while Valerie's in the house watching the horror movie. Uh, I thought it was very well done and very well edited. So That's a very good scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jones, uh, Jones' skills paid off uh, on that one. Um, and MBT, um, I'm going to go with Jones. Uh, I think she does a rock-solid uh, job with the money that she had. Uh, what was that make or break? What was that make or break again? Sorry. The death of the one guy uh, oh, okay, while okay. Valerie's watching the horror movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, and MBT, I'm gonna go with Jones. Uh, yeah, she does. Uh, she does a really solid job. Um, you know, she put her best foot forward, and I think she delivered something that you can say is, uh, if not necessarily unique, uh, it does have uh, certain distinguishing characteristics to it. Uh, so, uh, score for me, I'm going seven out of ten. Uh, I dig this. Nice. Uh, I like it. Uh, you know, I, I only just watched all three of these not that long ago before this rewatch. Uh, and I liked it then. And for me so far, they've, uh, they've held up on both watches. So good. Jeremy, you got your, uh, make or breaks MVT score. I do. Um, uh, my make or break is definitely the eyeless pizza man scene. That's yeah, a great scene. Uh, pretty shocking. When you see it, um, I haven't seen this movie since when I picked it up at a uh, $5 VHS like Walmart bin. So <laughs> nice. it was just kind of like a, a new movie to me again watching it. Uh, but that's a great scene. It looks awesome, too, when he falls in. And his body just stays there the entire time with that pizza box under his hand. Um <laughs> Uh, the MBT. I, I'm, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Todd here a little bit too. I'm going to do Amy Holden Jones, but I'm also going to do uh, Remy Brown because uh, I think they both got it. They both understood what they were doing, and um, it's obvious uh, in the movie when you watch it. Um, but um, I, I, it was it was a pleasant surprise, and uh, it was a lot of fun watching this thing again. And I think it's got a lot of energy to it. I don't think it slows down too much, and. Um, I'm going to give this thing a 7.75 out of 10. Nice. 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 Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go. My make or break scene. I'm going to go with the Brink Stevens scene. I actually like that scene quite okay. a bit. Uh, yeah. I think it's the best uh, filmmaking in the film. It's the uh, the kind of purest. I like I like how it's done with uh, very little. You know, there's just a little bit of sound. Uh, I like uh, Stevens' performance, which is not something I can say quite often in her career. She... She's made some uh, some true uh, turds, Dare Bay, um, but uh, she she uh, she's kind of interesting in this one. She obviously she's not a quote unquote scream queen yet, but uh, uh, I do like the way that kind of all plays out, and it was it was pretty well done. Um, yeah, my MVT. I'm gonna go with uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with Amy Holden Jones as well. I think she did. She direct anything else? I didn't even think to look. Yeah, she did. Um, I gotta find out. What, I had it up here just a minute ago, but um, yeah, she that much mostly writing. She wrote quite a bit, um, and like like uh, Beethoven and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Beethoven, right. Mystic Beethoven Pizza Beethoven and series. stuff like that. Yeah. Mystic Pizza, yeah. Mystic Pizza, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, which you know those movies you know made. So she ended up with a pretty good career, really. Oh, she wrote the relic. Yeah, de- yeah, so. Decent proposal. Yeah. She wrote a decent proposal. The getaway was pretty great. So. Yeah. So she did some the relic? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the relic. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I know. She did some stuff. Oh. So it's not like her career was uh, over after um, after Slumber Party Massacre. So she she did some stuff. So that's good, good, good on her. And and uh, she's definitely a talent. Uh, my score, uh, I'm gonna go six point five out of ten. I like it quite a bit, but it did come down for me a little bit, uh, basically for the reasons I've already stated. But yeah, uh, it's it's still really solid for what it is, and uh, it's definitely an interesting piece of kind of pop culture history in a weird way. Yeah, cool. Will? All right, so my make or break, I guess. 
My make. I'm going to go with the finale. Um, you know, we get a little jolt from uh, Ben Stein. And I, I don't know. I think when you're going to get films that uh, they're going to be of a certain ilk, when you know what you are and you just go, we talk all the time on the show, when you go for it, you got to go for it and bring some energy. Right. And I, I can see the appeal of kind of a, a generic actor. He's just kind of a an everyman. But I want to have fun with this. I, I don't need to see, um, I, you know, it's it just, yeah, I felt like he, he was lacking a little oomph outside of his uh, double denims, um, you know. But uh, so anyway, the finale uh, really jazzes it up for me. My uh, MVT, I guess I'm going to go with... Um, I think I'm going to go with the one-two punch here of Jones, um, uh, Jones and Rita Mae Brown, right? Because I think it's it's um, as the writer. I think you know the two of them do a good job uh, putting it together, and it's it's self-aware enough without seeming like Edgar Wright. Ha ha! Look at me! Look what I know! I'm you know I'm so you know in on the joke. Uh, my score, it, this didn't age well for me, so my score is going to reflect that. It's a 6 out of 10. Not terrible, and maybe my uh, fatigue factors in a little bit there if I'm being forthright, but um, this one didn't hold up for me as well as uh, I would have hoped. But still, still worth everyone's time. And I, I like the fact that it doesn't hide that it's California, right? I mean, a lot of slasher films want to take oh, place yeah. in the Midwest and the East Coast, and this is, this is California, and they're okay with that, which may seem like inconsequential, but I don't know. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Cool. All right, that's our thoughts on Slumber, the Slumber Party Massacre. We are going to take a break, and we're going to come back to the glorious year of 1987. And again, this is another example of why I call it that. Uh, I'll explain that when we get back. Uh, but we'll take a short break, come back, talk Slumby Part Slumby. Slumber. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was, yeah, I was thinking about one of Todd's Gumby comments on Facebook. That's right. He knows what, he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, yeah. Slumber Party Massacre 2 uh, from 1987. We'll be back right after I find the button. Right after this. There we go. Now it's time for the fun part. All right, everybody, welcome back. Yeah, we're gonna bu- we're gonna buzz here and talk about some uh, summer party massacre too. But first, before we do that, uh, we got an extra special guest on this little episode here. Uh, Large William's son, William, is gonna come on and talk about his five favorite horror films. So take it away, William. Thank you. Okay, so at number five, I'm going to put Creepshow as my fifth favorite. Good. Good one. Very good. Very good. What's your favorite segment in Creepshow, William? Um, The Creep. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's my favorite, my favorite too. too. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, for number four... Friday the 13th, part two. Nice, yes. <laughs> wow. 
Tater sack Jason. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Remember I told you that was Sammy's favorite Jason? (laughs) Um, Number three is Halloween. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Which Halloween? You should clarify for Um, the audience. Who directed it? Halloween part one, John Carpenter directed it. There we go. Classic. And number two is going to be Carrie. Oh, nice. (laughs) Wow. Very good. Uh, number one, I would watch this on my own time, and I have recently. I think I've seen it like seven times now, but Scream. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. Put a little cool. postmodern there. Yeah. Dropped one on me there. Here I am thinking he's going to drop like the thing or something on me. That's what know? I thought it was going to be. But. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I also like the burning in the thing, but... Oh, nice, yes. Well, very, very good. Some honorable mentions there, eh, William? A little, yeah. uh, little cropsy honorable uh, yeah, mention yeah. there. Yeah, That's right. The young man's got a bright future. I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, William, what, uh, what do you want to say to all of our listeners? Happy... Happy Halloween. And what do we say when we sign off? Peace and thank you for having me. Adios. Adios. Nice. Good man. Okay, he's going to hand me the old headphones back. Nice. All right, buddy, give that a kiss. I love you. Great list, dude. (laughs) Nice. All right, thanks, fellas, for uh, letting the the big man come on and uh, talk about films. He's, He's always wanting to come on the show, and I'm always recording with you dudes at such an ungodly hour that uh, he was he was been angling since he knew we were recording on a Friday night because yeah full disclosure Rich, this is a nighttime recording you know how those get yeah 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 that's why yeah. might be why we're a little punchy and the sound effects came out more than anything yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that always happens on um, those night shows I, I I wanted to mention one thing uh, like you know Will you having your kid on uh, talking about you know, his favorite horror movies I I did a episode recently with uh, my son. Uh, talking about child play, and uh, that's yeah. his that's his favorite flicks. We had a about a fifteen minute conversation on the podcast. I put it out, uh, but uh, I he's nine, and I still can't get over how well he speaks. Like he's spe- he's so intelligent when he talks. I'm like, whoa, it's a trip. Yeah, no, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's a trip. Sorry. No, no. Hey, what are you sorry for, man? That's what's up. We you know sharing our loves with the people we love and. And like minded people is is one of the greatest uh, joys in life, right? It's uh, yeah, it's it's good times, man. It's the best, dude. It's very good. Um, okay, so Slumber Party Massacre two. Um, this <laughs> this one. Uh, oh, man, you hear that, eh? Yeah. Oof. Is that a dog barking in the background or something? Or something? Yeah, she wants to put talk think, about Cujo or something, man. Come on, just chill. I think uh, Will, <laughs> William may have given you your microphone turned around. You're very bassy all of a sudden. You might wanna... <laughs> there, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That's better. Yeah, you were okay. you were really bringing the Barry White there, and I was. I was like Tone Loke, yeah. man. Todd was dropping. Tur- <laughs> Todd was dropping them turtle shells to the ground, picking up that a stack of dimes, and everybody. <laughs> Dropping dimes, dropping dimes. <laughs> uh, so, Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, it would not be a GGTMC show if I did not have anything about the film we were getting ready to talk about up on my screen. And right now, as I am talking to you guys, I am typing it. So, I often say on this show, for those who have listened to it for years, because uh, we've been doing it for a long time, that uh, 1987 was a pretty glorious year. And the reason why I always say that, if I haven't explained it before, and I think I have, is it seems to me in cinema history, 87 was one of the most absurd years. 
Um, it's just where everything kind of, it was either the height of the coked out bliss or it was something. Something was in the water in 87. There's some wacky action movies in 87, some wacky horror films, and just wacky creations in film history if you go back and look at 87. It was a pretty crazy year. Um, uh, and I won't you know, kind of get into it here, but uh, if you kind of just go back and look, you can just do a Google search and see what came out in 87. I'm sure you could probably say that about 88. You can maybe say it about 86. But 87 is one that I always kind of have fond memories of. And... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was the height of video rentals or something for me, but this was uh, this was uh, one of those. Uh, Courtney Bates, the younger sister of Valerie. So this is Courtney continuing on the Courtney from the first film, who laid in concrete with a knife, and her friends go to their condo for a weekend getaway. But Courtney can't get rid of the haunting feeling that a supernatural rockabilly driller killer is coming to murder them all, and that is as you do, <laughs> as you do. That's right. Now. That, that plot synopsis, uh, it does explain the film in a nutshell. It doesn't really explain the construction of the film, which is bizarre. Uh, the acting in the film, which is bizarre. And the decision to make a rocker Billy kit driller killer, which is beyond bizarre. But thank God they did it. Um, yeah, this one is uh, this one's quite unique, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to lead on this. If not, I can lead on a little bit. doesn't matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can leave. Don't, you anybody, can leave don't anybody dive on that sword too quickly there. Dare <laughs> All right, so this one's well, got... I, I didn't want to suck up all the air. Yeah, yeah. No, this one, uh, so this one's kind of fun. This has got Crystal Bernard in it. Uh, it's one of her earlier roles. Uh, Crystal Bernard, who, uh, oddly to me, uh, looks like Elvis. Um, a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, every time I see her, I'm thinking, you know, eh, she looks like Elvis. And uh, it's very bizarre. She got that uh, facial structure really down. So it's got some other fun actors, actresses, and actors in it. Um, I think uh, Kim Kim MacArthur, Kimberly MacArthur, I think plays her best friend. Who, yeah, of all the females in in all the films, she's my favorite. Um, I think she's a former Playboy playmate. Um, <clears throat> she's the redheaded uh, best friend in the band. Uh, the uh, I think yeah, the guitar player. She's the guitar player. So. Because I think the lead singer plays the bass and uh, Crystal Bernard does the other guitar. So what we the should rhythm? Yeah, yeah, the rhythm guitar. Yeah. Yeah, um, MacArthur was in the I, I, January. I got some. Uh, I got some. I got some talking points on when we get to the band practice. That's a. It's an amazing scene. Oh yeah, man. The, 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 their, their band practices are amazing. They really are. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Um, so. The interesting thing about this film, and again, the year and everything, is the fact that they kind of take this this rock and roll mentality toward it. But it, in 80, even in 87, I don't know if anybody was listening to this kind of rock and roll. Um, it's very bizarre. It's uh, kind of a throwback. I guess maybe they were. Maybe Uptown Girl from Billy Joel was out around this yeah. time. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, It was a little bit of a... It was a little, uh, yeah, it was still kind of feeling the... Uh, do the last, yeah. the last gasp of the, the Happy Days uh, yeah. nostalgic craze. A little Huey Lewis in the news, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. They sound yeah, yeah. they sound a little bit of the main, the Bengals too, especially with the yeah. harmonies. It's very yeah. Bengals esque. Yeah, very Bengals like. Well, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're like the Go Go's, but they're not. Well, they're not nearly as cool as Go Go's. Uh, Nobody cool. is. Yeah, who's, and who's they, you know this is one of those bands where the drummer has their sticks with her at all times too. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's always the only thing that she neglects to do is every time she makes a snappy comment, she should twirl them like Tommy Lee. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to twirl them. Got to twirl them sticks. 
to kind of go back to our zipper talk earlier. Uh, so there is, like I said, there's, there's some strange elements to this one. You got the rock band. You got uh, these weird, wacky dream sequences, which come straight out of like almost like a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street type of thing. Um, it's it's very odd, but it's also you know them trying to play to the crowd that they're making this movie for. Uh, I'm not even under sh- sure I even understand the movie sometimes. I mean, it's it's really one of those kind of films where it's like, you know, what were they what were they smoking? What were they drinking? What were they what were they doing? Well, they saw they saw the returns from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, so oh, sure, sure, they gave they gave us they gave us Nightmare on Slumber Party Massacre Lane. What <laughs> yeah, what they do? Yeah. I think the the interesting thing with the construct of the killer here is you add one part Elvis, one part Andrew Dice Clay, one part Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's one of my that's one of my fucking notes is Andrew Dice Driller Killer. Yeah, and you throw you know a sprinkle of uh, sprinkle of David Lee Roth maybe in there. I don't know. It's, oh yeah, and a strong and a strong fringe game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and he break dances. And he yes. does break. It's weird. He breaks a lot of boundaries. Um, yeah, yeah. He crosses well, all that, boundaries. Yeah. Look, it, it, he crosses I mean, them. Yeah. Let's let's face it. This guy is this guy's remembered for his over the top aspects not because he's really in any way shape or form menacing or you know he he, no. he, he does he does his little shtick thing i mean he he is a a total cartoon yes um, oh, yeah. Yeah, i mean a, completely 100 yeah. percent cartoon and that's one of the things that you know even going back further i never i never totally got in horror movies when they try to make musicians scary in the first place <laughs> uh i mean i get it going the opposite way yeah but I, it never worked for me on film yeah uh, I mean, I get it when like when musicians want to be scary. Okay, like when they're they're on stage and shit like that, like Kiss and all that stuff, um, or Alice Cooper, whatever. Uh, but uh, whenever they put them on film, it just it it always comes off as silly for, to me. Well, the problem, uh, yeah. and this one this one's no real exception. Yeah. Although although it does make it does make for something interesting because at least he's colorful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. The, he is. The, the problem Absolutely. is yeah. The problem is is the musicians can only be scary within their world i mean they once they cross over into the world of film and stuff it doesn't work it never has and this one the the key with this one to me is it's one of it's 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 one of my favorite things about movies is those movies you come across where you think to yourself you know who thought this was a good idea uh somebody did (laughs) and then that's the amazing thing not to cut you off is I think did um, Scream Factory put this out yeah. on Blue? I feel like mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I, I hope I hope there's a commentary track, and we get the inspiration for the Driller Killer. Well, what he reminds me of, he reminds me of that great scene in the Ninth Configuration with Steve Sandor, right? Dude, oh Sammy, you t- yeah. man, when he drops down and does that split move. Yeah. It, it reminds I me thought, of that because it's like one of those moments where you're like, everybody's looking around on the set and they're like, dude, what movie are we making now? Because <laughs> I thought we were making something. I thought we were making something totally different. <laughs> oh, man. It's so honestly, I think we, we kind of, you know, we always we'll try to keep things close to the vest so we can save them and keep them fresh for the show. But there are times when things are so glorious that we can't keep a lid on it. And we'll start messaging back and forth about certain things. And the driller cure in this, I think, is one of those those examples. I mean, like, I feel fairly confident that he is the most GGTMC of all slashers. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's up there. He, Yeah, I mean, 
I can't think of anybody else oh, off the top man. of my head that uh, comes close. I mean, he's ridiculous. The, the guitar <laughs> makes no sense. The drill on the end of the guitar really makes no sense. <laughs> the the fact that he's a rockabilly makes no sense. <laughs> Not in the era at all. No, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes any sense. It's very and yet, it's, and yet it makes perfect sense. That's right. It's like Fabian <laughs> says, you know, and that's the GGTMC motto. It makes no sense, yeah. and yet it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it, it really does. Uh, it works for some reason. Uh, the film is, and I was telling Todd this before Will, before you got on. Uh, we were talking just a few minutes before you got on. It, it it's it really feels like the movie doesn't know what it is. Like it's really kind of sloppy put together, and it's it's a bit of a mess. But really, mm-hmm. every time the lunacy kicks in, not just with the killer, just some of the other moments too. There's some there's a, there's a story. there's some like Lost Boys esque kind of. There's a stoner character that is absolutely ridiculous in this. <laughs> he is one of the most. <laughs> He's, I don't know, vile. Yeah. I, he he is. We've seen a lot of shit heels yeah. in slashers, Teddy Boy, etc. He, he this this TJ is up there with among the shittiest of shit heels. Yeah, he's really bad. <laughs> Whoa. I think there's also some pretty, and I'll say this about the the third movie as well when we get to it. But uh, I also think there's some Lynchian stuff in here too, like some weird Lynchian sort of Twin Peaks stuff. Oh yeah, there that is. makes no yeah, sense. Yeah. And, like, especially yeah. it's it's like what happened, like like scene where like um, what's his name is singing to um, the two like the two characters uh, uh, in front of the fireplace in Twin Peaks. It's like what happened. This is completely different. This very very melodramatic, heavy melodramatic sort of scenes, and all of a sudden this crazy just like out, out of nowhere, just like boom, here we go with this rockability guy. And it makes absolutely no sense, but it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and uh, <laughs> I love not to show my hand too much too too soon, but uh, I absolutely love this movie. I love yeah. it very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 just an odd one. It's a unique. Uh, whether you like it or not, nobody can argue that it's not unique. It just it's 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 odd in a way that I don't I don't know. It's almost unexplainable in some ways, and. You know, some of the performances, you know, Christopher Bernard in particular, I mean, she is, she is, uh, there are moments in this where I feel truly sorry for her. I mean, they, they really leave her hanging out to dry. It's almost like Mark Wahlberg in The hap- uh, the Happening. Wasn't The Happening with him and I shot him Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where, like I told you, it's like <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of, you know, who farted acting where he's just, you know. <laughs> he's got to make that face, yeah. Yeah, he's got to make that face. And, you know, and it, it works for that movie because the wind is the enemy, right? So, you know, it is definitely, you know. <laughs> You know, who farted the wind, you know, it's coming after you. So it is, it works, but it's, it's, it's really strange. Her performance, her crying is weird. Her dream acting is weird. Her woman in peril acting is weird. Yeah. Uh, everything is weird. It, that's why I think it's very David Lynch, Twin Peaks. It's yeah. very like weird melodramatic dislike it's so intense but like it's also super goofy at the same time yeah yeah because uh, she okay. she goes full tilt i mean she really does and, oh yeah and that's it's really why, good oh yeah i want to say you know bravo to crystal bernard i mean she really you know again i think she's hung out to dry a little bit but she she tries her damnedest to make this work as much as she can i, I think she fails but she she at least gave it the college try you, you can't deny that and i think some of the other actors, I don't think really try nearly as hard. I really like her friend. I like the lead singer. I like the kind of bitchiness of that character. 
Actually, I like the whole band. Now that I think about it, I like the drummer too. She's Sally really graded on me. Well, Sally, the drummer. The, oh, okay. You didn't like Sally the uh, man, the pimple yeah. face. Pimple. Oh, that scene's a great gross out scene. <laughs> that is a gross scene. It's, it's a great gross, gross out yeah, yeah. scene. But as a character, I don't know. She just it just man. How how many times are you gonna go to Dat Well? Which yeah, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the, I the yeah. That zit juice is uh the right oh, shade man. of yellow, man. That was gross. It is, <laughs> and not at all like ejaculation. Ooh, no, not dude. at all. Yeah. Need, needed no. a couple of cheddar chunks in there or something. Uh, <laughs> cheddar makes cheddar. it better. Yeah, cheddar <laughs> makes it better. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the the problem with having a killer who is so over the top, though, and this is the the biggest. It's the, it's both the biggest strength for this film and the biggest weakness for this movie, because he's so over the top, and because the way they build him up, or the way Deborah Brock builds her up, which I don't think we mentioned that Deborah Brock is the writer director of this one. Uh, I didn't mention anyway. I should say um, she went on to do Rock and Roll High School Forever, which is a truly oh, it's a it's it's a terrible sequel to a movie that I love, <laughs> and uh, she did some other stuff as well. I think she. Uh, uh, worked with uh, Vincent Gallo, I think, on Buffalo '66 and some other stuff. Oh wow! So, I mean, she she had a little bit of a career, but I directed VR Troopers a couple episodes of VR Troopers, which <laughs> I used to watch when I was a kid. So nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Still working today, evidently. So, oh, um, she she builds this slasher character up to such a degree, and then at least for me, the payoff is there that it makes me not want to spend time with any of the characters. It makes me just want to hang out with the slasher. Uh, Not for a full 80 minutes or however long this movie is, but I wanted more of him. Now, she does give me the last 20 minutes. She gives me kind of what I want, which is this ridiculous chase scene and these kills. And I can't tell if the the killer's real or not real or what the hell he is. Uh, Is he an apparition? Is he a... you know, John Travolta impersonator. I mean, what is he? You know, nobody really knows. And she doesn't explain it. And I, nope. I think the bonkers, uh, that's not a word, but the bonkersness of this uh, last 15 or 20 minutes of this film is really the saving grace of the movie. Um, because I think everything that comes before it is a, is well, not everything, because there's that dance sequence and there's a few other moments. But there's a lot yeah, of, that- there's a lot of mess. So to yeah, speak that dancing all. sequence is uh, is awkward, right? Not only yeah. because it's right out of the '80s, but also because it's just it's tough to figure out who they're trying to turn on with it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very, very, very Breakfast Club staged at moments. Yeah, yeah. It's it's well, it's, just a, it's a weird moment in a weird movie, and that's saying something. I mean, it's 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 like it comes out of nowhere, and it it just gets even more strange. And it's at that point, you're either bought in or you're not, because if yeah. If you exactly. can't buy the dance sequence, then you're probably tuned out from that point forward, or, or you turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that you know, getting back to what they were thinking. I mean, yeah, they they wanted to cash it. It's just like they wanted to cash in on everything that was in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. not just any one thing. So it was it was music videos. It was Nightmare on Elm Street. It was you know everything about the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. They do throw it in a blender, and a lot of times it feels very patchworky. But I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know how much mood factors in here. But I also feel like with this one, even though there's some sort of one note stuff, I do feel that the characters feel, even though it's a little bit kind of, the band stuff feels a little bit kind of uh, flimsy. 
I do feel that there's enough care from the friends amongst each other. And it's not just, <laughs> you know, like the characters again in this one, much like the last for me felt fleshed out. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a little more traditional female victims in this one, but they are still fairly well-rounded and, you know, Courtney gets her, her home issues are, are developed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She has like, she has dreams about sex and death and like, you know, like the Trish in the first film, it's, it's kind of sort of about her becoming an adult and trying to be more independent and all that shit, mm-hmm. which is kind of sort of like a running theme in the series, I think. Yeah. Uh, although, although, you know, the, the Valerie character from the first one is, uh, is in an institution now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and that's like, is it, I don't know, if, maybe it's just me, but I've always felt that that's just one of the most dismissive ways to get rid of a character. Yeah, well, yeah. Other, oh, other yeah, than just yeah, saying yeah. that they died off screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. It's, it's the soap opera, you know, way to move things on. Sure. Along, oh, God, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or change actors or <laughs> but whatever. But no, but they, the, but they still, but you can still feel that there's, you know, there's some caring for the characters. Um, a little As bit beyond simply some. being, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, no, I, it's it's like GI Joe with with Duke in a coma. The yeah. GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, look, Duke came out of a coma. Yeah. Just, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the band itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the elements of the band. Uh, the the band practice that Jeremy was talking about. I mean, okay. these are some very well produced uh, band practices. I mean, they they sound really great. <laughs> yes, uh, they sound perfect. <laughs> you know, if you're into that kind of music, obviously, but. Uh, you know they are kind of go-go esque, and there's some uh, fun moments, kind of irreverent, um, kind of pop culture moments where you know the characters are singing songs that are on the radio, and and there's for this fun little moments like that. That is a long uh, road trip to a condo they take. That does seem like it's a long road trip. So uh, I do I do like the sort of 360 camera in the in the car that looks really cool. I, I yeah. dig it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that always works for some reason. I don't. I, I think it just adds something to the to a car scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we get to the the spot where everything goes down, and I really think the film takes off from there. I think uh, the front half of the movie, or the front third, I guess maybe, is kind of just kind of getting us set up. But again, once it gets to realizing that the uh, whatever that character's name is. I don't even know if does he have a name in the movie? I don't think Driller he does. It, his name is Driller Killer in I on IMDb. Yeah, nice. Driller. Driller Killer. Hang on. Can I ask something? And I don't know if this was clear to me or not, but you know how they're listening to what's that song called Tokyo Convertible? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are we and I don't know if I'm just stupid, but are we to think that somehow like this killer is an amalgamation of that like pop idol, like who, who almost seems like a really kind of basic Chris Isaac E kind of singer to me in some ways. Like, is this him? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like, is this the, like, it's sort of like, you know, when you have a dream and there's like different elements cobbled together to make the whole, yeah. like is what she's envisioning or this, Again, apparition or unreliable narrator, et cetera, et cetera. Is this, is she envisioning him? Like, you know, how we have dreams sometimes and it's like, it was me, but I looked like Henry Winkler. Well, it could very well be, especially when you get to the, the last shot of the movie. Well, yes. Well, um, maybe maybe your fear of not uh, being a success as a band, like being, you know, your career is being killed, I guess, in a way. I don't know, but I just, well, I, I, not even so much that they, they wanted to take it deep, but just that, what, is that what they're, like, 
sang, or was that just a throw? The Tokyo Convertible was just a throwaway song in the movie. I think that the the song itself was uh, was just a throwaway. If I'm being perfectly honest about it. Sure. I just didn't know if they were setting it up like no. that's him. I think I think I the most important. No, no, no. I I, I I I never got that. I never got no. that impression myself. I think, I think the most important thing we can come away from this conversation with is that Will had a dream that he looked like Henry Winkler. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks like Henry Winkler in all of my dreams. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> only there's per- the zipper effect. Man. Yeah, all, the zipper effect. <laughs> yeah. Only a part of me looks like Henry Winkler. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. We go. So <laughs> we should say that at Atalus is that say Atanas Illich. Illich? Let me tell you about him when you're done talking, because I got a nice piece of trivia here. About oh, him. I don't know. If, well, I don't know uh, what your trivia is, but you know we've covered two of the three things he's done. Yeah, we have. That's not my trivia though. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in Rage and Cage in the David Hebner film. I don't. Remember, you picked that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him the from Hebner. that. I'd, I'd have to almost go back and look at it. But of course, he'd be hard to forget if if he looked exactly the same as he does in this, which I doubt he does. But, Imagine having her in this role, the driller killer. Oh man, yeah. And, yeah well, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I mean this in in a, in a in a nice way. That would be one boring driller killer. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be all driller, no killer, man. Yeah. Ooh, big time. Uh, yeah. So the you know, there's a lot of cuts to. Uh, I'll just add a couple more notes here. There's like a lot of cuts to some hot licks. We always talk about oh, the hot licks dang. on the show. And uh, there's a lot of uh, finger licking, hot licking uh, going yeah. on. Uh, none of it makes, uh, as a guitar player, none of it makes any sense to what you hear. But that doesn't matter. What matters is is that, you know, he's going crazy on the frets. He's he's shredding like Yingve, and he's he's uh, he's got the uh, the drill bit on the end of the guitar, which again it, uh, it makes no sense. It just now can't tune it. Now this one, uh, yeah, this one I didn't have to Google. This one uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't care what the battery life is on this instrument because, uh, the, you know, but man, wouldn't that be a great movie prop to own? You know what that like? It's a one of a kind thing. You know, it's it's one of the well, things I think that makes it the killer unique. Yeah, the guitar, Jackie the, Lawless's. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, guitar. Michael. The guitar reminded me of a BC Rich guitar. This heavy, super. Yeah. This, yeah. And, and you know, uh, this like. Uh, I remember a, a friend of mine who I was in a band with had this uh, massive uh, coffin shaped. Guitar, BC Rich guitar in a coffin case, yeah. and this thing weighed like eighty pounds. You don't want to play you want to play a guitar that's eighty pounds, and yes. it reminds me very much of like one of those, or if, if like Prince's guitar almost like that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it really stands out as an as a as a killer instrument, uh, for lack of a better word, because I mean that's what it is. The uh, you know what, what was the name of that? So somebody say hey. <laughs> I said zing yeah. zing yeah. 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 the. Uh, the uh, what's uh, that that guitar player for uh, Alice Cooper? What's his name? Kane something. Uh, oh, the guitar dude. I was gonna say yeah, that. the guitar guy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that man. That's what that's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, guitar guy. Kane Richards? No, no, no. Kane, it's Kane something or something. Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah, he's kind of like Wolfenstein too from uh, from Misfits, almost yeah. like him too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just sort of these strange pop culture elements that kind of make no sense, and it's just weird that. The killer, you know, that's chasing Crystal Bernard is basically riffing on Elvis, and she looks like Elvis. It's very strange to me. It's that is down the rabbit hole, man. Yeah, it really is. Very I mean, strange. Well, I mean, it's it's just a weird movie, man. I, I I can't explain this movie 
in any other way other than saying it's it's a one of a kind weird piece of cinema. I I I just ugh, I, I I love it because it's so odd. And uh it's so really, yeah, that's that's it that's its gift, that's its charm. Yeah. Is that it's it's it is yeah. so un you could you could put it into any number of categories, but at the same time it it completely wants to just thumb its nose at all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's and because of that it comes out at the end of the day, it comes out being unique. Uh mm-hmm. Maybe not great, and I'm sh- sure mileage may vary, but I, I think with the right sensibility, uh, I think people can get a lot out of this one. So I'll kick it over to somebody else. I don't mind jumping in here. Yeah, hit it. Uh, okay, so, yeah, this one I think, this VHS box art is probably the one that's most memorable to all of us, I would safely venture, right? Agreed. Yeah, it's 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 got that classic, like, they shot it, on like a, a stage and they just threw up like a sheet and like a floodlight and yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like yeah. a thing for a while with vhs covers. in between hustler shoots they fucking yeah. threw up a, yeah <clears throat> yeah absolutely or sometimes if they'd repurpose like a 70s or late 60s film they'd, they'd flip you know this kind of cover on it right so um we mentioned deborah brock another female director um i gotta say so atanas illich I want to drop this trivia now before I forget. It blew my mind. I looked him up and I started Googling him, trying to find him. Turns out for hockey fans, and I know Coop is a hockey fan. I don't know if he's going to be listening. Atanas Illich is the son of Mike Illich, who owned the Detroit Red Wings and Little Caesars Pizza. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> he was like the president of their business for a long time. Like they're... They had uh, like a subsidiary, subsidiary or a sister company that handled a lot of the real estate for the oh, Illich yeah. family, and he was the president for a number of years. Uh, Atanas Illich, the driller killer himself. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. That's some. Uh, oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get no satisfaction. Uh, <laughs> it's so strange. I can't. I don't think we can punctuate enough how strange and random this movie is. Like, it starts out very, it almost, not to say it's as as well handled as Carrie, but like the first, like this is not no rush to get anywhere. It's a 75 minute movie and, and 45, 50 minutes in, there's no kills. Like we get a few kind of surreal, gross out moments and, but there's no kills at that point. No, it, and, keeps, it, go, it keeps it going on the effects. Yeah, it keeps going on these kind of, you know, dream Yeah, you know, like dream that, logic that, that chicken attack. Of. The chicken attack is very strange. Very <laughs> strange. Um, amazing, yeah. yeah. It is it amazing. One, one step removed from the uh, the poltergeist uh, steak scene. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, i got to ask you guys. They mentioned drinking Slice in this. Did they nice. have Wink yeah. in America? Wink? No. To pop Wink? Only Martindale. No. You no. really didn't have wink, eh? No, we didn't have wink slice, and they might have made a grape slice too. But they, I think oh, they de- did, yeah. Definitely grape slice. Uh, so the further you get into south, you get more grape slice, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, the that's further you crazy. live south, the more sugary the drinks get. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the way it works. And uh, yeah, so because uh, one of the things about coming to the south is you'll find a lot of people drink orange and grape soda. It's uh, yeah, it, my, my wife loves grape soda. Dude. I mean, grape I, I love grape soda too, but I can't drink that shit anymore. I mean, that stuff. I, I can't do it either, buddy. That stuff yeah, will kill you. Yeah, it's brutal. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's just so sweet. It's ridiculous. But man, it's when I was so a kid, sweet. I loved it. 
Oh yeah, I used to love it too, man. Orange, I used to love it all, but but I can't believe you guys didn't have Wink, man. Wink no, was Wink. like the grapefruit version of like the citrus pops here. Yeah. Now, Kentucky, we it got a, uh, ski. Ski is what it's called. It's called ski. It's like a Mountain Dew. That uh, you know, the two most popular drinks in Kentucky are people say bourbon, but it's probably ski and Mountain Dew. I've never that blows oh. my mind. I've never even heard of it. Yep. Yeah, ski. Yeah, you try one when you come. It's 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 a derivative of Mountain Dew, but. Woo, man, it, it packs a punch. Got some sugar in there, boy. Yeah. Yep. I know Mountain Lightning. Mountain Lightning is a sort of Mountain Lightning. Yeah, yeah, Mountain, yeah, yeah, Mountain Lightning. Lightning. That's a that's a, like a derivative brand. That's like a Kroger brand. Is that like the Joel version? Walmart. Yeah, it's a Walmart yeah. Brand. That's right. It's the Walmart. Walmart. It's a Walmart Mountain Dew. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mountain Lightning. And you also got Doctor <laughs> Thunder as well. So yeah, there come there on. You now you're not. No, man. Yeah, it's like the Asylum Video little, version yeah. of Pops. Both both of those are named after. Both Dr. of those Thunder, sodas are Doctor yeah. Thunder. Both of those are named after Kiss songs. It sounds like you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like eighties metal or, uh, or Rocky Rocky's sort of contenders. Or yeah, yeah. Doctor yeah. Thunder, Doctor Thunder, Mountain Lightning, making his way to the ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's incredible, man. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, yes. Uh, okay, so, um. I don't know what this line means now, and it sucks because <laughs> it was. It seemed great at the time. <laughs> ah, fuck. Don't you hate, hate when oh, that happens, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I love when uh, the daughter dupes the mom into letting her go on the trip, and she goes, well, what do the other parents think about all you girls going away? And she goes, well, they're great, except they're a little strict, mom. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the mom kind of turns the corner, and she's like, okay, honey, you go. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? So yeah, we we talked about we talked about the driller killer. I mean, you got to see him if you haven't seen this film. Uh, he's majestic. He's got leather fringe. He's got like those like chrome like silver tipped. <laughs> Who? Which one? Do you, I know Sammy owned a pair of these cowboy boots. I no, I never owned the cow, <laughs> pair of the cowboy boots, but I did own a jacket like that at one point. Oh man, the tassel. Todd? Jesus, the, the tassel. Never, neither one. No. Yeah, I did have a tassel right. jacket like Jim. that. I went through a. Mo- I went through a. I went through a hair metal moment phase, you know. That's incredible. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, you, you tell me you got some some fringe game or some boots or something. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have a fringe game. I do have a uh, – my uncle bought me a uh, Rebel Club Mad Max jack, leather jacket. But um, I did inherit my dad's black alligator skin boots. There we go. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, my, my parents were my parents were super heavy metal, dude. That was that, That's what they were all about back in the day. So they were all that shit. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I figured your dad might have dropped something like that, man. Oh yeah, he drew up he, yeah. tank tops with Zubaz pants, uh, Cowboys boots. man, <laughs> he was super Yeah, he was GGMTZ the bone. Yeah, definitely. Hey, how about uh, that Hell's Cafe striptease and champagne shower? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think nobody stripteased in the first one, right? I don't no, think so. uh, no, no. Hell's no. Cafe is that also like again? Is that like the Tokyo? Convertible singer, or is that now the? I, I just kept thinking these were all like Driller Killer songs. Yeah. Well, Tokyo Convertible scenes where they're in the car for the first time when uh, when Courtney sees that dead pigeon and he hangs out with her friend in the car. That they, they sing that song together at the car. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but that's like the least rockabilly song in the movie. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's yes. why I kind of. That's why I kind of tend to think that it's not so much. That's not the Driller Killer. Right. Um. Right. You guys mentioned lots of hot licks, lots of fourth fall breaking. You know, another uh, 80s icon that this kind of reminds me of is Faith-era George Michael. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, right down to the boots. That would have been right? that would have been 87 maybe, right? Yeah, man. I think Faith came, but Faith won 89 or 87. It's right around there, man. It's it's right around there. I don't know. Going to the Googles right now. Did you see the – was that like a Giallo, like the books he was reading? No, it was like just like a Harlequin book, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, TJ – yeah, we mentioned how awful TJ is. TJ – yeah, the guy that plays him, Joel Hoffman, is like the Adam Devine of the 80s. Uh, but he's got like miraculously <laughs> less charm. Yeah, he's he's a shit He's such yo. a turd. He's like, he he's like the fucking uh, – who's the guy that played the, the villain in um, – uh, Ten to Midnight. Oh, oh Andrew shit. Gene Davis. Gene Davis. That's it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like him too. Faith, yeah. kind of like a mashup of him and Adam Devine. George Michael's Faith was released. Get this, October thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven. Wow. There you go, man. Oh, truly a banner year. It was. It was. Let's see. When did this drop, man? In the theaters. The theaters. The theaters. Would have. Yeah. Would have. Yeah. Could have been right around the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna okay, I'll, I'm gonna just keep bon Jovi. rapping here. Bon Jovi was huge in eighty seven too, if I remember correctly. So this you this like opened two, two weeks before uh Faith was released. Well. So the single uh, yeah, so I don't know. George Michael. So George Michael was ripping this off. Yeah, George Michael's ripping yeah. off Illich. Yeah. George Michael <laughs> is ripping off Illich's game. <laughs> man, he's gonna he should oh, uh, Illich just uh, sue for some of that George Michael money. He should. He or, should. Uh, or George Michael should sue for some of that crazy bread money. I was going to say yeah. that. How about the tub scene? It starts off and it feels like it's going to be Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, and yeah. It's kind of they blow, pot, blow by pretty quick, which is too bad. Yeah, it uh, is. So I, I asked Todd this. Uh, let me ask you guys this. I asked Todd yeah. this because uh, I ended up watching a bootleg copy of this. Um, was anybody else's copy they watched? Did it, did it come from three different elements? And did like the quality of the film shift at any moments? Or am I the only no. one that watched that version? It was really good quality. Yeah, I think I might have been the only one that watched. I watched one where it would get really grainy sometimes. Like there were scenes that they cut out and then somebody put them back in. So mm. I may have wa- I may have watched a director's cut. The the shutter version is very pristine. Both oh, one and two great. are very clean. Yeah, they're okay. very, they look okay. very good. Okay, so I bet I did watch some type of director's cut, but I can tell you right now, you're not missing anything if you watch that version. <laughs> you're not even missing any more. Bonk- <laughs> you're not even missing any more bonkers stuff because it's just more padding and more of her waking up in a hot sweat. Uh, if that's your thing, then you're missing it. But that, that's about all you're really missing is is those little elements. There's nothing I added to speak in my language. Yeah, if you're a hot sweat completist. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Then this is your, one of your jams. Um, it also, I, you know, I'm also wondering, and I'm watching this, because it had been years if I that I'd seen it, maybe 20 years or 25 even. Like, it, it's a little Nightmare on Elm Street 2 in a way. Yeah. Like, we're wondering, like, you know, is it going that way? Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I, I haven't. You know, I need to revisit Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two because I remember liking it quite a bit, and I've only seen it twice. And you know, it's 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 had this resurgence for what it's about and everything. And I haven't revisited because I've you know so many people have talked about it. But I, w- I would like to go back and check that out at some point. I'll tell you what. On October thirty first, Halloween, I'm going to be at the New Beverly watching the Uninvited. Nightmare on Elm Street and Return of the Living Dead in a Clue Gulick or Triple Bill. 
Nice. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty pumped Whoa. for that. I haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2 in a while, man. Nice. I, I felt like I watched it since we've done the show again. I feel like I have. No, I did. A couple of years ago, I think I rewatched it. Yeah. I haven't watched it since hey. we've been doing the show. Clue Google, Google, Google is the best part of that, that, that movie. He's great, man. He's, He's great. great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he totally is. Um, I don't know, man. I I think there's some good slow-mo in this one, too. Yeah. There's a really good There's a really good scene towards the back end. And I think they spent all the money for this film on, like, the drill guitar because they're smart and shooting, like, a, like a construction – like, a construction – uh, like a building that's under construction, it's just all plywood, and you know, it, it, there's yeah. nothing to it, right? It's it's just there for backdrop. Um, I got to ask you guys that are musicians. I meant to ask you because you know we talk about when there's gun gun handling and stuff. We say we're gonna ask Davey Mac or or TK or one of the guys about gun handling, but I got to ask you guys that that played instruments. How awful was their handling of the instruments in like the band scenes? Was it pretty awkward? It was well, spot on. I I gotta say, Sally is definitely playing the lead for sure. He's yeah. definitely playing the guitar. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's playing the guitar for sure. Everybody else is. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not sure exactly, but like that part because uh, I was in a band. I've been. I was in a band for about eight years. Uh, so like, uh, and Sammy, I know you're in a band too, man. Uh, but like, for me, it was very awkward watching this thing. Well, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing watching it, but it's also like weird seeing like Sally playing. Basically, a solid amp on top of another solid amp. Yeah. You usually use a cab, <laughs> then an, a, an amp on top. Yeah. And then you have the other character, uh, Courtney, playing the, the rhythm on a tiny amp. Yeah. You have the bassy, the bass player playing this massive bass amp. Yeah, I know. It. And all of it works perfectly together. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to watch. I mean, even the drummer sometimes you can her roles match up right, but like yeah. for the most part, it's a pretty simple drum set. But like, yeah, it was the lead the lead guitar Sally was definitely playing the guitar because that's why they always focused on her all the time because she's actually playing those those chords. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Her and and the drummer sometimes I agree with Jeremy. Those two are the most accurate. Now, I didn't really pay much attention to Crystal Bernard's uh, playing, to be honest with you, but I never really felt like it was 100% accurate anyway. But Sally, yeah, definitely, that was the closest one to accurate. I can tell you yeah. who was way not accurate, and that was the killer. Uh, that, that's, that's amazing. Those hot yeah. licks, uh, whatever he's doing, that's not what it would have sounded like. It would have sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> what he was doing, but but it doesn't matter because you know oh, it that, doesn't matter. Man. You know, all that matters there is the 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 idea behind the thing. That's all that matters. Oh, that's amazing. It's even more special to me now that he was just completely fucking. It's even more fantasy. Yeah, I mean, as as an ex musician, I hear in my head, I hear this twang of. Um, you know, <laughs> ill-tuned string, uh, like, hey, uh, a lot of Atlantis, whatever the hell your name is, Atlantis. Uh, hey, Atlantis, do me a favor. Play, <laughs> act like you're playing something. And all I hear is, that's what it looks like he was doing. I was hoping that was the case with someone, man. I love I love when we can, like, phone a friend and call bullshit on some stuff. I try never to let that stuff bother me too much because I know that, you know, Sometimes that'll take you out of a movie, right? Well, this one, it won't take you out of the movie because this movie will take you out of the movie. But the, the you know, I try not to let stuff like that get to me, but every now and then it will. And the the killer, those little shredded licks he plays, that, that kind of got to me a little bit. But at the end of the day, he had a drill on the end of his guitar. So 
that it's means very, a lot. Um, means a lot to me. Howard the Duck esque, like yeah. just like shredding like crazy, like makes no sense. Like yeah. the strings are going all over the place. Like it feels like a Walmart uh, acoustic guitar almost, where the strings don't mean anything. You can't really tune it just right. It's just this, yeah. uh, a yeah. fun thing to play on for kids. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it always sounds just slightly out of tune, right? So always out of tune. Yeah, it's, it's, never, it's never an actual chord. It's yeah. like plastic chords. It never yeah. makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, I don't have a whole lot more notes because I mean we got two more people that roll through here, but this, yeah, I mean fingerless gloves. Um, there's just so many incredible things. I, I do want to say one final thing, just about the the, I think some of the technical choices. Like there's some really there's a really great scene where the drill pops through the door. It's like nice blue. It's really really heavily blue, and there's a lot of reds when he's on screen, and it almost feels like an '80s Italian horror film with a lot of the gels and the heavy saturation of colors in scenes, which I like. Because a lot, I find one of my big gripes with slashers or your average slasher versus your average giallo is, to me, I like to live by the mantra: anything worth doing is worth doing with style. You know, you just you know just bullshit your way through it. Just you know razzle dazzle them as best you can just bring energy and and this yeah. this does have that so yeah those are my notes mm-hmm. todd jeremy uh all right let me i haven't got a hell of a lot here um so uh yeah the courtney character you know she's she's grown up a bit but not like a ton uh i love that to, now she gets her murder scrapbook out from under the bed rather than playgirl uh so that i appreciated um her boyfriend's bedroom looks like it's set up for some boudoir photography. Uh, oh and gosh. Will, you'll appreciate this. I think Richard Gere would have loved it. Because <laughs> uh, that looks like something that he would live in. Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy. <laughs> uh, and then destroy. The, rock- <laughs> the, uh, the rockabilly in the film is actually not half bad. Uh, I will say that. Uh, the music overall, you know, the songs overall, I, I didn't really have much of a problem with. Um, they're actually kind of catchy. Uh, and then, uh, you know, oh, there's a, a blow up doll shows up, which that's another one of those things that I just never understood the appeal of. Um, neither do I, I but Hey, the, I just let the hey, air, I just let different the air strokes, yeah. right? Yeah. I just pop on. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of horror references in the movies, characters with names like Bates, Craven, Voorhees, Kruger, uh, there's even a Mr. Uh, a Mr. Damn Kids. Yeah, Mr. Damn Kids. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and even though the movie's dealing with a character with uh, with PTSD ostensibly, uh, it's still pretty light. I mean, you know, the Courtney character is eating a hamburger uh, for for crying out loud. Yeah, the hamburger's um, great. Yeah, right. Uh, it so it's a it's a party movie more or less. Um, let's see. I think that. Uh, Brock does a relatively nice job behind the camera. She throws around some style. Uh, it all looks nice. The performances are eager, uh, if nothing else. And mm-hmm. I, I think the movie has certainly taken risks, uh, at least with uh, in more ways than one, um, trying to kind of be uh, all things to all people. I'm not totally getting it, uh, but at the same time, that's the reason that uh, most people remember this one above all the others anyway. So uh, is for the risk that it took. Um, the gore effects are a lot of fun. There's a really nice fire stunt uh, at the end. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really nice. And then uh, I, you know, I really like the final shot. I think it's bizarre and kind of creepy. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I just, I want to echo that it does. And it's a very, it's, it's quite effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all the notes that I got. 
Jeremy? Jeremy? Yeah, I got um, uh, the the opening of the um, of the movie, kind of the, the music at the beginning kind of reminded me of uh, Bob Villa's Home Again. I don't know if that means anything. I, I watched that with my dad quite a bit, so I was like, oh, yeah, Bob Villa's Home Again. Um, I do like when she's attacked by the chicken, uh, the boyfriend comes in and says, this is the defending bird? Or... <laughs> Offending bird, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I love that line. It's great. Yeah. Um, Who keeps a chicken like that in their fridge? I don't know. <laughs> Never had a piece of chicken ever. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, I've prepped some chickens in my day. I mean, I've done it, and maybe, I, maybe I bought a chicken, but I don't know if I've ever went to a condo and there was just a fucking chicken in the <laughs> fridge. It's weird to me. Right? You got to wrap that uh, up a little bit there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just, that's just insane. That's risky, you know. Yup. Um, I love that. I know that TJ's a piece of shit, but uh, he says a great. He creates a great line. Says, uh, "Smoke your head." I have no idea what that that means, but uh, I like the line. Um, yeah, that's I, almost like I, the, that's I almost do... like the uh, no butt no putt line. Like, what, what is going on? No butt, no butt. What is going on? Smoke your head. Um, <laughs> I, I I do love um uh uh the uh. Just sort of the kind of brings me back a little bit to the uh, the nineties or the uh, this is pretty close to the nineties. I mean, eighty seven, but like uh, how ugly Fords were back in the eighties. Uh, at a certain point, uh, yeah. the, the car, the, the Ford that Matt's driving uh, is <laughs> extremely ugly. But I also think that uh, Mark <laughs> that Matt looks a lot like Mark Singer. Uh, oh, like, dude, that's maybe, amazing. Maybe, Give me a Mark Singer uh, vibe. Hmm. Um, yeah, just no Koto and Poto with a in the yeah, in and there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah black uh, 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 black painted uh, uh, lion uh, tiger. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spray painted tiger. Yeah, yep. spray painted tiger. Yeah, um, the the song that they sing um, now in the subtitles that I got uh, actually showed the band's name. Uh, I couldn't catch the band's name, but the song was called "Only Him," I think. Are they singing in the garage? Only him. Uh, yeah, it's called Only Him, I believe. Uh, anyway, it, it's a it's a pretty great track, as we all know. There's a great there's a great scene where uh, uh, Matt is in his bedroom uh, when he uh, is getting he gets a call from Courtney and he's like laying in there and he's like, whitey tidies and shit, and he's got like uh, your typical like football poster, or basketball poster, football poster, but it looks like it's been lit by like Michael Mann almost. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like uh, <laughs> blue. <Yeah. laughs> Reds, uh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> um, this, this one of the shirts that Courtney wears uh, is a, a pretty cr- incredible to me. Uh, it feels it, it's got it's like a regular T-shirt, but it's got tassels on the shoulders, across the collarbone, uh, and uh, you know, of course, tucked into the jeans. But um, my, my <laughs> I had to mention this. My wife loved it. Nice. Um, there's a character in this. I, I cannot remember the character. I believe it's it's, it's one of the characters that uh, comes into the kitchen when the chicken attacks uh, Courtney, but she's wearing the exact same sort of clothing that Laura Dern wore in Jurassic Park, a sort of uh, pink shirt, a polo shirt tucked into like these sort of pleated khaki shorts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a big look. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was pretty incredible. Um 
see uh oh i love when the cops show up and the cops you know this is there's a through line through a lot of these movies they, they have a very sort of uh, similar breakdown uh, uh uh especially towards the close to like the last 25 30 minute mark when shit hits the fan most of the movies have that but also the cops cops are always pieces of shit this movie these movies yeah. Oh, yeah. uh maybe could care less uh, i do love the scene where the cops show up to this thing um, and the cop that is sort of uh, talking to the kids at the uh, the place, um, he kind of reminds me of the dude from, um, oh shit, what's that show? Uh, In the Heat of the Night. He's got the sleeves rolled <laughs> up, uh, very muscular. Um, but he, uh, while he's talking to the the kids or whatever, uh, one of his 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 uh, his, uh, his partner is like. You know, basically, like we gotta go. We gotta. We can't lose our spot at Denny's. Denny's is holding our booth. Yeah, so, like, which is yeah. a great line. Um, uh, kind of like what Todd said, though. There, yeah, there's mentions of Craven and Kruger in this movie. Um, uh, there is uh, what is it? Uh, there's a great scene where the drilling killer talks about uh, probably just some old bones or some <laughs> shit like that, which is a great line. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> Um, let's see, I got a lot of notes here. Uh, I'm not gonna read them all, but uh, oh, there's a scene where Courtney told Matt, uh, Matt, I've never gone all the way, and she screams that out loud. It's great. Uh, a couple of great gr- uh, drill, uh, drill through the chest scene. There's a great scene where she where he gets drilled right through the chest, yeah, uh, yeah. I dig that quite a bit. Um, it's very surreal because the guy is such a nice dude. He's like a legitimately nice guy. Like he's never ever like um, he has nothing, no under underlying sort of like uh, sort of uh, to get under get under her, her pants or her skirt or whatever. He's just like a legitimately nice dude. Like he like loves the band. He wants to hang out with her, and then all of a sudden he just gets taken out really quick, like drool through the heart. Um, oh, yeah, just, yeah. You're just, waiting for the you're waiting for the other shoe to drop with that guy. It never does. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I don't I don't know. Um but um yeah, uh there's a the, one of the cops uh the the muscular cop uh his hair reminded me of Alex Lyson's hair from the uh, 1980s. Rush <laughs> reference. Um but uh <laughs> there's a scene where the police say never call back, which I think is pretty great. They call yeah, again and yeah. never call back. Never please. call back, please. Yeah. <laughs> That act, the one cop that shows the one that's really being a jerk to him, not the one that's kind of being piggish about the Denny's, but the one, Michael Delano, he's done a ton of stuff. He's, he was in that Private Wars movie we did with Steve Railsback with that great van jumping sequence. He was, yeah, he's done a lot of, uh, a lot of like straight video action movies and stuff like that. He, he's a character actor. You, you probably know him a lot more from his later work because I think his hair went gray kind of prematurely. So, He's uh he's been around he's been around quite a bit I I was kind of surprised when I saw him. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of he's a lot of fun and um I think I think the only last note I got is uh one of my favorite lines in the movie is where uh the drill crew says let's buzz yeah it's a great line and uh, yeah it's, it's all I got. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the killer definitely has a lot of lines. It's yeah. great uh, lines. Yeah, everything he does is uh. You know, it's it's meant to draw attention. It's it's mm-hmm. the whole movie's kind of centered around his performance, really. Only a certain actor could pull that off, like a certain kind of actor. I mean, you have to be able to bring the energy and yeah. completely abandon your your. Like you have to just let it go, right? Like yes. I mean, 
and Ivanovich uh, does that. <laughs> What's Ivanovich. his name? Uh, Ilya Kuryakin. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, something Illich. Uh, uh, Atlas. Uh, Atlas Illich. Atanas. Atanas Illich. There you go. Thomas Illich. <laughs> crazy, close. Crazy bread. That's Greek for crazy bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought the ending. Uh, one more thing, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, just to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the ending kind of reminded me of like Leaf. This is going to sound weird to say, but Lethal Weapon, uh, Lethal Weapon 3, where they sort of like um, the houses are all built up at the end, where sort of like uh, Riggs kind of confronts the killer, the cop killer at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet Li. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Jet Li. Um, no, no, the one with the, the, oh, the construction guy. That's right, the, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right, my bad. He's like, he's like, he's like, the, he's like an ex-cop and kind of yeah. he's using the, 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 kill, the cop killer bullets. It kind of reminds me of that at the end where they're going through like these houses that are just in frames and shit. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. I need to go back and watch those movies. I haven't watched a Lethal Weapon movie in forever. I watch them every year. I love them. Nice, nice. Do you watch them at a certain time of year or no? I watch them around Christmas time every year. Do you? Yeah, because I think, don't they take place around Christmas time? Just the first one, everything mm-hmm. else. Is, but it's just, I don't know, something like when I grew up, because uh, my, my grandma introduced me to those movies. So um, she would always throw on Lethal Weapon every Christmas. So I'd yeah. watch all, all Lethal Weapon movies at Christmas time. That's funny. It's kind of mm-hmm. like my Stone Cold story. Uh, it's kind of became me and my brother's Christmas movie for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, uh, oddly, by the way, Deborah Brock, who directed this and stuff, she actually was a producer or a writer, I think, on a Brian Bosworth film, too, called One Tough Bastard. So. Really? There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a GGTMC connection. Uh, okay, uh, make a break. We'll get into this there. Uh, my make a break is definitely the dance sequence. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're all in at that point. Chips are all on the table, or you're all out. You're folding. And uh, that to me is the quintessential uh, definition of a make or break. I mean, because I bought it. I you know I, I went full tilt. I jumped in <laughs> and uh, loved every minute of it. Uh, MVT is, uh, I'm going to give it to Illich, Mr. Crazy Bread himself. I think that, uh, he's pretty magnetic when he's on screen. It's, it's kind of weird that he never really did anything else. Cause they really let him fly here. They really let him let it oh, all yeah. hang out, so to speak. And usually with an actor like that, it's either, maybe he just was embarrassed or maybe, uh, which could have quite possibly been the case. Cause I'd imagine when this thing came out, it was probably, you know, you know, uh, Look, you know, time is nice to some things, and I think time has been nice to Slumber Party Massacre too. So uh, it's just kind of looked back on with some some reverie from people like us. Um, my score for the film it's going to sound crazy, but I like this one quite a bit. Seven point two five. It's uh, and I'll I'll just be forthright and say right now it's my favorite of the three. I mean, it's 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 something that I would watch again, and it's something that I would show to people. Like, you know, because I get asked that sometimes. People know that I'm a big movie fan. They come by my house, you know, we're having some kind of, who knows, a birthday party or something like that. And somebody will say, man, you're the one who likes all the movies, man. Tell me something that will blow my mind. Uh, well, next next person to ask me that question is getting Slumber Party Massacre too. <laughs> <laughs> so they should. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mind blown. All right. Uh, who, who goes next? Was it Will? Uh-huh. Yeah. I will go next. So I'm going to go with the back like 20 minutes, this film. I do think the film, you know, I got to say, like, I feel like it, it's never dull. We're 45 minutes in. There hasn't been a kill. We're just getting all these kind of surreal kind of gross out scenes. And that's enough to kind of carry us through on its own because it's a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um, And then the driller killer comes. And like Sammy said, (laughs) 
at this point, you are either, either completely all in or you are out. <laughs> and all my chips are in on this. I mean, it's he is, the, and for my money, the most GGTMC uh, of all uh, slashers. He is one of the most GGTMC characters of all time. Yeah. yeah uh, it's just incredible. And I do, I'm not... Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you guys that Atanas Illich recorded an album and he looks like Don Johnson from Miami Vice on the cover, which shouldn't really come as a surprise. Nice, <laughs> nice. And I'm going to look for this fucking album at Amoeba Records in a week. Yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I'm going to listen to this when the show's done. But he is just, he brings the energy. And we always talk about this. Just swing for the fences. Yeah. We're going to give you points, man. And just be entertained. Don't bore. If you're going to be a horror film, a genre film, don't bore. Throw everything at it. Some of it's not going to stick. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Go for you it. You know, don't play it safe. Right? So, yeah. So, he's my MVT. I'm with Sammy, man. This one's a strong 7.25. And I'm not afraid to say this is the crown jewel in the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It would be the, uh, the Empire Strikes Back of the uh, oh, summer, yeah. of the Summer Party Massacre series, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so for me, make or break, I'm going with the finale in that last shot. Um, I think they're both they're fantastic. Uh, and like I said, a lot of that has to do with that burn stunt Yeah. Um, in, the, uh, in the finale. Uh, MVT, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going with the uh, the wackiness, the 80s-ness of this thing. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think that, you know, as much as uh, Ilyich, Il- Il- whatever, uh, as good as he is, as, as wild as he is, um, I think that without the rest of the movie being as conspicuously 80s uh, as it is, that I don't think it would work quite as well. Uh, so you know the whole thing on the ho- uh, on the whole, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to that. And score for me is uh, seven out of ten. Nice. Um, it's as good as the the first one in my opinion. It's my favorite of the series as well. Um, so yeah, I mean quality wise, it's it's at least on the level of the the first one. Uh, it definitely takes it to a different level. <laughs> uh, uh, in this one, and uh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Jeremy? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, make a break. Is, my make a break is the scene where um, the driller killer uh, sort of jumps from the dream world to reality, <laughs> which is a great scene. Uh, he, just ho- he kind of did that, that, that all of us hop uh, uh, up from behind the sofa, but not sofa, uh, the mattress, and he's into reality. That's a pretty great scene. Um, you kind of know where you're getting yourself into at that scene. It's like, okay, here we are. We're, we're, we, we've been dreaming of this this entire movie. All of a sudden, boom, this dude is reality. Now he's killing people. MVT, um, for me, has got to be the band. The girl band is one of my favorite parts of this entire movie. Um, I love when they practice. I love when they drunk practice after coming back from getting food. Uh, where like the dudes are playing the guitar, the guitar and bass like very shittily, and just they're just having a fun drunk time. But kind of, they kind of uh, speaks a lot to me, you know, being a band a long time, uh, playing shows and whatnot. Uh, just like just being there at that time, uh, very important. Kind of this thing, this movie kind of brought me back to the day. 
uh, where we used to play and stuff. My parents loving just lo- letting us jam in the living room and stuff like that. So, and my score, um, no joke, I'm going eight all the way. Nice, love this, love this movie, love it. I, I love every part of this movie. This part, this movie's a fever dream, but I was never bored. Uh, me and my wife were laughing and having the best time, and like we, I just it was one of the best nights watching a movie in a long time. It was a it was a great time. Sweet, sweet. Cool. I want to finish off this review by just talking about uh, yeah, you've heard me talk about eighty seven. I just want to talk about a few films that were released in eighty seven. Okay, One Dead or Alive. All right, that's the uh, Rugger Hauer film. All right, Gene, Gene Simmons, right? Yeah, yeah Gene. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, that's that one. Um, Over the top. There we oh, go. Shit. Yeah, that was out there. Death Before Dishonor. That's the Fred Dreyer movie. A fantastic film. Yeah. Great action film. We got to cover that show sometime. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. For oh, some. shit. We are the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For some, that's like, uh, you know, the classic Lethal Weapon. You know, there you go. That came out in 87. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Evil Dead 2, which is obviously a big one. Raising Arizona. Uh,. I could go on and on. I mean, there's a lot in here. You're just like, what, really? 87? Seriously? Extreme Prejudice, which we covered on the show, was 87? Um, didn't realize that at all. Wow. Yeah. It's just one of those years. The Gate. Um, Extreme Prejudice. You guys you guys told me about that flick. I, I went and bought that at the uh, Goodwill by my house on VHS, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, God, I don't know, six years ago. It's just, uh, yeah. You guys introduced me to that flick. Nice. nice. So good. Powers Booth. Owns. So good. So good. Walter Hill. Yeah, yeah. Predator came out that year. Um, you know, RoboCop Ooh. came out that year. Let's not forget that. I mean, okay. it was just an amazing year. The Lost Boys came out that year. Wow. I mean, it was it was it was a pretty amazing year. And uh, you know, man, I didn't even know Hellraiser came out that year. So uh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Yep. Princess Bride, all kinds of shit, man. So you could you could really do this with any year. Death Wish Four, The Crackdown. You could really do this with any year. Steel Dawn came out that year. <laughs> Whoa, Crackdown nice. came out that year too? Holy cow. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Well, you could do, like I said, you could do this with any year, really, if you wanted to. But 87 mm-hmm. was always kind of held a special place in my heart. So um, there we go. Um, all right. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the third and final entry in this series. Slumber Party Massacre 3. We'll be back right after this. I'm looking for Mrs. Bubblegum. I'm Mr. Chico Stick. I want a dun dun dun. Oh, cause you so thick. Girls call me Jolly Rancher. Oh, cause I stay so hard. You can suck me for a long time. Oh, my God, girl, this ain't a dance floor. This a candy store. All right. Yeah, Todd with those apple bottom jeans coming off. That's right. Get <laughs> <laughs> it on. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Todd's doing that one cheek at a time thing right now. That's man. right. <laughs> Pennsylvania hips don't lie. That's right. <laughs> they do not. That's solo twerking. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right so our next movie is uh slumber party massacre three 
And unlike the other ones, I have my information open ready in front of me. Uh, basic plot synopsis. Uh, Jackie Cassidy. <laughs> I don't know why they put her last name in here. Jackie Cassidy and her friends are stalked by a serial killer while having a slumber party. So there you go. That's about that's pretty uh, yeah. That's that's about as basic a plot synopsis as you can get. Uh, this is directed by Sally Madison. 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 Yeah. Madison. Yeah. It's with T's, not with a D. Uh, but I'm from Kentucky. They sound alike. And Catherine Siren. Siren. I don't know. Siren sounds like the color of that pimple juice. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I, need a, I need a nice Siren color. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's probably notable for uh, having Hope Marie Carlton in there and Maria Ford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Maria, Ford. Maria Ford, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, Tarantino will always bring up uh, actors he likes, and and ninety nine percent of the time, I'm with him. Uh, he he's got a, a the taste that I got. You know, the character actors he likes, I like them all, and we grew up with a lot of the same actors, and we like the same actors. But I got to tell you, one of his favorite B movie actresses is Maria Ford, and man. Maria Ford is not one of my favorite B movie actresses. Let's be real, though. There's ulterior motives. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And I don't mean to disparage her, but I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got to still see Night Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's movies in her filmography but, that are worth watching. Yeah. And I understand why he probably likes her. And I really, honestly, I feel sorry for her. Uh, if you look through her IMDb pictures, it is a... Uh, well, I don't want to say anything disparaging because maybe one day she'd be on the show, but and we never know. Uh, but I, you know, I just I'll just say I feel sorry for. Her. Um, yeah, and I got the, you, man. Yeah, I got you. yeah. It's a great Night Hunter cover is amazing. Yeah, it's a, it is. But there's a terrible wig in this movie, and she owns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that fucking Elvira wig she's wearing. The Elvira Yikes. wig, yeah, it's on. Yikes. <laughs> She is she is striking. I will say that she kind of yeah. reminds me of, um, what was the name of the Sassoon girl we talked about just recently? Cat Sassoon. Cat Sassoon. Where you know, there's when she's on screen, I, I your attention is drawn to her. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. she is striking in some way, and I'm not talking about just during the strip scene. I'm talking about even when she's amongst the group. She's the one you look at, and I don't know if that's the wig or if it's her. I but, think it's mostly the wig because she just she I, I, stands out as looking like she's about thirty two, uh, <laughs> when everybody else is is supposed to be like in their what early twenties or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. She's like she seems like she's like four feet taller than everybody else. And there's the, that too. Yeah, it's it's insane. She's, she's like she's statuesque. like she, yeah, it's 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 incredible. You can't help but not look at her the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the barbecue pit, the bar- barbecue pit uh, sort of conversation, uh, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, who wants to take the lead on this one? Part three. Anybody? Anybody? We should say the. Uh, there's a song well, on this one uh, called. There's a song on this one called "Take Me Home," and it's performed by a band called High Class Trash. That's a good name for a band when you're on the GGTMC. High Class Trash. That is. Uh, anyone? Anyone? I can go if you don't want to go. As it who has not gone yet? Jeremy and you. Have I have not. not gone yet. No. Um, okay. Well, I'll oh, yeah, do my best. Okay. I'll do. I'll do my best here. Um, yeah. So this thing takes. It starts off with. Oh man, I'm. I'm going to do terrible at this, guys. I. <laughs> uh, so it takes. It, it starts off with a, a beach scene, volleyball scene, where uh, it, it seems that the. 
Uh, I don't know how like how long or how how many miles are involved in this beach, but these only these people are sort of the only people on the beach. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a California see, beach. I can tell you that. I've been to some California beaches. Unless you go to a public beach, uh, some of those Malibu I, I, beaches and stuff. The only like beach that, I've ever pretty... been to is, is Galveston, and Galveston is, uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. sewer water, basically just yeah. toxic <laughs> water washing onto the beach. Yeah. It's super gross. Yeah, it's never as romantic <laughs> as you think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not great. Uh, yeah. There is a sort of a strange um, romantic uh, ideal of Galveston, and Galveston is never ever the way people think and say <laughs> that it is. But it's it's not that. But. Uh, but uh, it's it's definitely no Galveston Beach. But um, these these uh, fi- all fi- all of fifteen people are on this beach um, playing volleyball poorly. Um, yeah. And then uh, 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 Billy, I I I I sort of uh, named him as Billy Corgan. Uh, Billy Corgan shows up <laughs> and sits down on the beach uh, with a notebook <laughs> and stuffs it uh, into the sand. And they meet a character there. Um, I don't. I don't remember the character's name. I'm sure I have it written somewhere in my insane amount of notes. But um, they meet a uh, one of the characters meets a, a character there uh, when the ball, volleyball sort of goes onto his side, and she she invites him uh, eventually to a slumber party. Um, they have a couple of boyfriends there. Uh, would you call them boyfriends or just dudes that hang around? I'm not sure. What you, they they are attracted to some of these dudes. Yeah, uh, one, probably, one, one of them's a boyfriend. boyfriend. One of them's a boyfriend, right? He's the one that drives the LeBaron with the cheetah print seats. Is 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 he the guy that? Um, I'm seeing what's what's my name here. He's the guy that looks like. sort of like uh, it's Frank, right? Frank. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Frank, who looks like Richard Grieco and Ray Weiss, also a little bit of Seth MacFarlane. That's the same guy, right? (laughs) That's a a good mix there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um, Also, I wrote uh, Hope Marie Carlton is my jam because she she is. Uh, But Yeah. um, Yeah. She would would definitely become more so because she would go on to work with uh, Andy Siddharth. Siddharth. Andy. Siddharth, yeah. Yeah, Oops, sorry. Yeah. I sorry. actually have I actually have a hard ticket <laughs> Hawaii poster hung up in my wall on my wall. Nice. Uh, yeah. I um <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Man. I don't know. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it wasn't a zipper, I can tell you that. <laughs> it wasn't a zipper, no. <laughs> uh, um anyways, um so it cut from this uh it cuts from the speech to a sort of driving uh, sequence. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of like a. Um, uh, 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 it's on the boardwalk. I, I, would, I would assume it's the California boardwalk, uh, where they're all like they're laughing at a, a uh, LeBaire. Uh, it's is it a LeBaire? I'm not sure what the kind of car it is. It's a LeBaron. Uh, LeBaron. LeBaron. Yeah. LeBaron. Yeah. yeah. Christ yeah. LeBaron. Yeah. Uh, they're hanging out in the LeBaron, jamming out. Uh, they get up on the top seat and they're singing and having a blast, kissing the people. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it gets really uh, like for me, I, I get really ener- like energetic. I'm like, oh, this is like this is like pure like these people are like, having a blast. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to be there. <laughs> I want to do that one day. I've never done that. 
like Michael J. Fox, maybe on top of a van surfing down the fucking street. <laughs> the second Wolf- teen, second Teen Wolf reference in the show. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> my, I, my son loves Teen Wolf. I, I, he talks yeah. about it all the time. Well, I, I love Teen um, Wolf. So <laughs> yeah, I love Teen Wolf too. But I, I got him into it. But you mean as well or two? Yeah, or both? <laughs> oh no, 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 not two, not T O O. By the way, I, I should mention Teen Wolf two, nineteen eighty seven. There we go. Yeah, the oh, Bateman. <laughs> The Bateman. Yeah, the Bateman. Um, Shake so, laugh uh, it, Taffy. The Laffy Taffy. <laughs> laugh it, Taffy. <laughs> so um, she gets dropped off. Uh, what's, what's, what? I, I'm getting the character's name here. Is it Morgan? Uh, the the lead? name's Morgan? Yeah. Uh, or, Marie, or Maria. It was Moira all the way. No, Morgan is the, uh, he's the, uh, the telescope guy. <laughs> oh yeah, Mr. Morgan. Oh, Jack, yeah. Jackie, Jackie is the Jackie's the main character. Yeah, right? Jackie, Jackie Jackie Cassidy. Yeah, she's the only one with the last name for some reason. Which is yeah. weird because it's weird because like there's a character named Jackie in the first one. They some, for some reason bring back the Jackie name in this one as well. I wonder. Um, I need to go back and look but, and make sure that's not the same character. No, it can't be. She doesn't. She well, doesn't reference it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of this movie is where Jackie and the Morgan sort of encounter happens because this is where it gets, uh, I'm sorry to make another reference to Twin Peaks, but this is a very Twin Peaks scene uh, where he, sh- where she shows up and he's already in the house and there's this weird like analog sort of uh, 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 keyboard playing the entire time, like foreboding analog <laughs> keyboard while they're talking and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, I thought there's a this was an open house. Um, he also says, like, you know, my accountant says I should buy something. I have to buy something, uh, which is a great line. Uh, <laughs> his his well, accountant thing, says that. The great thing about Morgan is that he's like the quasi Mister Content of this film. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, he's 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 totally not transparent at all in his creepiness, and he couldn't be a bigger red herring if he had fucking gills. Yeah. That's. That's my thing. Like this movie has like three red herrings. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like this has a lot of red herrings in yeah. this movie. Um, uh, obviously, Morgan is probably my favorite part of this, one of my favorite parts of this movie because he is so awkward, but also a lot of fun. Um, I like him quite a bit. Uh, he ends up leaving, um, and they eventually uh, her all of her friends eventually come over. And I love how like uh, 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 Jackie sort of uh, stokes the. I wasn't exactly sure how she was keeping the fire going because they don't make it very obvious. Uh, the camera is sort of in the back of the barbecue pit, and she's just sort of poking at things and sparks are coming up. But then I eventually realized, okay, yeah, she's using charcoal. That's great. Um, I also love how the <laughs> the um, you know most people use propane now. We don't really yeah, nice, use charcoal as much. Nice. Uh, but, that's, um, that's why I laugh. It's a nice touch you to bring up the charcoal. I like that. Yeah, I. I um, what does it say? Uh, oh, I, I love this scene. So, so out there with 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 Jackie, uh, Maria eventually comes out, and they're talk. They have a have a sort of a conversation. Um, it's a very sort of conversation, and um, uh, 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 Maria says, "Well, there's this guy that's coming in, and he's so, she, she's working at she's working at a, at a sort of a department store, a cooling department store, where she says there's this, this guy that comes in every once in a while, and she, he saw me and started coming in every night, and now we're dating. And my God, I love older men. <laughs> it's just so, it's this amazing 
scene. Mm. Um, a great line. I also love how they're all drinking beer, quote unquote beer. The cans are saying beer. Yeah, it's the Repo Man plain beer. I cans. was about to say, yeah, that's the Repo Man brand. Yep. And uh, and Elvira, yeah, like an older man, that means that I got a chance, right? So. <laughs> Exactly, man. Uh, but also, like here, like in Texas, like I've had beer. Like, actually, this is just beer. I've had it before. I've gone to like um, sort of rural areas in Texas to go camp, and they and sort of corner stores have just beer. Like that's just all labeled like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. they have that. They have it here in Kentucky too. There they go. Um, but this is a, this is a weird thing. So, like, I, I, it's hard to explain because. Uh, even though straight is how straightforward the first movie is, and how sort of unstraightforward, but at the same time, it's got it's 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 very straightforward if you care to take a look at it as the second one. This one I always felt was more convoluted and confusing because it feels very much like a um, like you're young and the restless or you're. Uh, uh, well, it's more nine hundred two one life to live. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very confusing because because uh, because there's no dream sequences in this movie, but it feels like everything is a dream sequence in this movie. Mm. So it's it's it for me at least it's very confusing. Yeah, um, but I mean I, I love it all. It's it's a lot of fun, but um, you can never tell what's really truly going on in this movie. Uh, for me at least, I mean. One point, the well, the one point the girls get together. They have this amazing, amazing strip dance. Uh, this this the summer party dance is one of the best. Like, uh, you know, me hanging out with friends, uh, doing sleepovers was nothing like this. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, speak for you, up, speak like, for, yeah, Ninja, speak for yourself there, Jeremy. Why, hey, this Ninja Turtles? Like no. you can take that the way you want to, uh, but like yeah. Ninja Turtles sewer playsets yeah. and playing. I had a my baloney skin hanging out at a couple parties. I oh went to. my god, Sammy's baloney. <laughs> Sammy's baloney has got a first name too. That's that's blue ribbon. That is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certified. Uh but um yeah. <laughs> the, um uh I I so so eventually um they have this strip dance and um they uh have they order pizza, which is sort of a, a thing that sort of happens in all these movies. They always order pizza, which is you know something I can get down with because I love pizza. I think we all kind of love pizza. Yeah, um, yeah. Whether you whether you don't want to eat it or you do want to eat it, I mean, pizza's pizza. Exactly. And it seems, it's it always seems like yeah, it's, it's always cool. the get together food, uh, like in a quick get together moment. Yeah, it's easy, right? It's easy. To throw we it had it right. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. There you, go. yeah. <laughs> there you go. I have it at least once every weekend. <laughs> it's so essential. Man. Pizza is life. Yeah. It is. I true. I truly agree with that. Um, uh, but um, the 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 uh, so what? I guess I don't really understand. I. I don't really understand who this guy is. I I, I think he eventually has a name, but I, I didn't write down what his fucking name was. But uh, this guy uh, eventually shows up while the pizza woman is showing up and eventually takes – gives her money, basically bribes her to wear a shirt. Oh, that was Duncan. Shirt. Was it Duncan? Is that his yep. name? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Duncan. yeah. Yep. I, I, didn't, I didn't call him Duncan. He's kind of reminded me more of like uh, it's Pat. Uh, yeah. That character is Pat. Uh, it's Pat or, uh, or, or like um, – or what's his name from Mad TV? Stewart is a good yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like Stewart. Yeah, I'm such yeah. a I'm uh, such a pig. I'm hoping that the pizza girl doesn't have a bra on. I was gonna say this is the kind of <laughs> this is the kind of movie where even the pizza girl takes her shirt off. But yeah, and, but, and by the way, and by the way, while I'm at it, uh, who delivers yeah. pizza without a vehicle? Yeah, well, you she she has know? a vehicle. She parked in Chicago. That's what she Did said. She? Oh, okay. 
Now, now fun, fun fact about fun fact about Pizza Girl, she was Becky in Red. We discovered that not too long ago. Yes. So, she, okay. she was also in Neon Maniacs, which is, yes. again, one, yeah. of my, one of my favorite uh, of the horror films ever made where it's like, that what is in what the, the hell is, yeah, what is going on? <laughs> but yeah, she uh, uh, there was a part of me that's saying, okay, want to swap shirts with this Pizza Girl, and I'm wanting it to go one way. And it, it didn't go. It didn't go that way. Damn it! Nah. <laughs> didn't get to see my Marta Cobra uh, nudity. Marta, if you're listening, love you. Call me. Yeah, call me. Anybody the Slumber Party Mouse Massacre Three, Rad, and Neon Maniacs, give me a call. <laughs> Anytime. Okay, uh, sorry, Jeremy, cut you off there. No, no, man, no, man, no. Cut me off anytime, please, because uh, I just feel like I'm kind of rambling. So, um, <laughs> but uh, 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 this ends up being a kind of a, a this guy uh, Duncan ends up being a guy who kind of stalks her at, at her at her department store or whatever. Um, and then it's weird. He shows up at the place with the pizza, and then all of a sudden, this is the, the this very stereotypical sort of New York pizza woman takes off, and this killer brutally kills her in the middle of the street it's like i i didn't see it coming i i have to say this is my first time seeing this movie it's my very first time so i didn't really expect that happening but like to see her get brutally killed in the middle of the street i mean it's not uh, for me at least it didn't feel goofy it felt sort of like angry like really it does like feel angry well everything about the killer in this one is angry yeah and to the point where like i'm watching it and i'm like some of this is Almost playing out like this weird, like domestic violence horror movie. I don't know. He's dressed like very preppy, and it just feels like this violent man who's kind of well, bad they do, at work. They and, do. Ooh. They do kind of give him. Well, okay. Uh, number one, this this one ties the the whole sex and and death thing in way more overtly than the other two do like the first kill he, he shows the drill literally thrust and uh back and forth and then the the killer's hands slump down you know after he gets done killing the the first girl um but you know they also kind of give him a motivation which is way which first is thin and not really not really even all that it's not even fully explained no, it's not. It's kind of. It's honestly kind of pointless because it means nothing to these people that he's killing. No, it uh, but um, but also but, uh, that's kind. Of, that's also kind of like if you if they, if you think about it, that's also kind of uh, that's also kind of the scary part about it is you know. Oh, I agree. I if, totally if, agree. If this was an actual person killing people, I mean, he's fucked up for whatever reason, but you know, he's still killing you. Well, it's you know, it, it allows it allows for the the psycho to be psychotic, I guess. It's the same as the first. It would be the same as the first because the first has no explanation, even though this one has sort of a uh, very thin explanation of why he's doing it. It doesn't explain why he's doing it to these people. So, but I mean, that's why I agree with you, Todd. Like, it makes it makes no sense why he's doing it, but it's what makes it even scarier. Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I, but I would say this is the first movie that we see a the killer, the driller killer, actually have a reason to kill anybody. Is because he has some sort of "Quote unquote explanation by why he's doing it." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uncle, this is for you. <laughs> That's right. <man. laughs> great scream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's like yeah. he saw the first movie and the guy get his hand cut off. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we just did that. Was that Todd? Yeah, nope. That, that, that was Jeremy. Oh, no, that was nicely done, man. Yeah, Todd does that when he's on the bowl. We'll hear that later. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting marbles. There, babe. Clapping that Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy. You got that Laffy Taffy? I got my bologna skin. We're just rocking and rolling. Yeah. Oh man! Speaking of uh, baloney skin, I got a picture, a present day picture of uh, Sammy's girl Marta Kober. Um, oh boy! I'll tell you something, Sammy. Sammy, searching. This is this. Don't let me send it to you through Skype. Let's let's. I'm telling you, man. This uh, this is. Uh, it's, it's coming right now. I mean, so this is Marta Kober. Yeah, this is Marta Kober now. Goodbye. Whoa. Oh, that carrot top? Whoa. Yikes. Yeah, it does look like Getty Lee's mother. Yeah, it does look like Yeah, it does look like Getty Lee a little bit. Yow. Poor Ann Ramsey. Oh, is that, that looks like a. Uh, yeah, that looks. Oh, shit. Is that a mugshot? <laughs> Man, that's one of about five like mugshots. Oh, what'd she get arrested for? What hasn't she gotten arrested for? I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. Stealing there's some, pizza? There's, yeah, there's a few shots here, man. Lane County. Yikes. She's, uh, Poor lady. Man, she's seen better days. Yeah, she mm. has. I'll tell you, there's about 10 mug shots. Good Lord. Yeah, it looks like Marta may have gotten in some trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Google search shall commence now. <laughs> the Sammy that? Search, that Sammy search engine is working now. All oh, that rad money went to her head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That rad paper, man. Good old. I, I remember part two. Yeah. 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 She was in uh, Friday 13th part two. Yeah. Yeah. And part five? <laughs> Which, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, she was in part five. Wasn't well, she? judging from her picture, she wouldn't remember. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> There's a, um, I gotta tell you guys, there's a, there's a, there's a interesting scene in this movie where uh, Juliet wraps herself in a blanket, just like uh, what's her name in Halloween three, before she takes a shower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, this is the first movie where I've seen a vibrator death. I've never seen that before. It's the first time uh, dropping it into the water and, and killing her behind that foggy, that foggy glass, which I did quite a bit. Um, Wayne, Wayne Grace, who's the sort of uh, police, I don't know, police receptionist or whatever, whatever he is. He's, he's a kind desk of, sergeant. Yeah, yeah, he's desk sergeant. He's, he kind of reminds me of, uh, what's his name from when you guys talk about Killer Clown? Uh, Vernon. Oh, John, John Vernon. Vernon. Yeah. John yeah. Vernon. He, kind of reminds me very, he looks very much, he, he has the furrow brow of John Vernon. Yeah. Um, uh, even talks, he even speaks some lines like him, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. Um, and, and it's weird how they sort of um, explain why it's it's confusing. It's also confusing too because like there's a newspaper and the newspaper comes involved with this this scenario. I don't know why it just happens, and uh, 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 Wayne Grace just happens to throw this newspaper to this uh, detective, and mm-hmm. he's just like. Yeah. So who's this guy? And he's like, yeah, he was here a couple of months before I got here. And, you know, you know, whatever whistles to him, like, yeah, he's kind of weird and shit. And, you know, uh, the detective's like, holy, you know, holy fucking duck. Uh, there's no reason to kill yourself. Well, they're totally you know, not foreshadowing here. 
No, 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 no. It's 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 why I didn't see it coming. Uh, well, I didn't see a lot of this coming, but uh, yeah, it was a very interesting scene. Um, Neither did Marta Cober. No. no, no, life came fast. Yeah, it did. Uh, a little update on Marta. Poor uh, Marta. She at once uh, was on Craigslist looking for a man. And uh, somebody in Portland reports on here that they used to see her on the streets as a transient with dried shit on her sweatpants. That wow. is a sad decline, and I'm that sorry is. to say. Yeah, that's that's, that's not rough. good. That is not good. But in, no, that's uh, in, unfortunate. In better news for the piggish part of me, evidently she did a Playboy short back in the '90s, and uh, it's in the '90s. Ooh, that's yeah. cutting it close. Yeah, that is cutting it close. But uh, I'm on the hunt. Oh. <laughs> yes. Can't keep a good man down. That's right. Like Duran Duran. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one guy on the comments here says stunning nudity. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, poor lady. Yeah. Anyway, she yeah, she's really went down the She's had some substance problems. So Man, you took a hard turn. You went from talking about her being a transient with dried shit in her sweatpants to looking for a Playboy shoot. Yeah. Life, that's a hard turn, man. I probably, probably should have went the other way. But, but yeah, that's <laughs> unfortunate. She was, never, she was not my favorite girl. My favorite girl in all the Friday the 13th movies, I think, is in part two or part three. I don't know. They, it, it, it's always kind of weird. Whoa, man, that, that is a rough picture, Marta. Yikes. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Go ahead, uh, to, uh, 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 whatever your name is, Jeremy. There you Jeremy. go. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been Todd, I wouldn't have remembered his name either, as you can tell. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, it's really sad because you know you just think about her from you know wearing that ball cap and rad. We just watched it a few mo- a month ago, you know. Yeah. And you know she was cute, kind of precocious, and kind of cute, right? Yeah. And then you see that picture, and you're like, holy shit, man. She looks like the Hulk's foreskin or something. Yeah. <laughs> Except less I'll, green. Less green. No, I'll actually, tell you. She might be more I will, uh, Sorry. She might be, yeah. I'll go on record, and I will stand by this the day I die. Vera Sanchez, Friday 13th Part 3. Shelly had eyes for her. Mm-hmm. She gets the harpoon gun in the eye. That's your, that's she her. was, is, and always will be my Friday 13th girl. So I think one of mine, uh, I think mine's in that same film, but I think she's the big chested one with the last name of Voorhees. Oh, uh, Lark Voorhees? Uh, I think maybe it's no. her. No, it's something with Voorhees. Mm-hmm. No, not Lark Voorhees. That's the other. I said, I remember. Plastic surgery disaster. That's uh, uh That's true. Yeah, that's, that's a shame bad. too. Well, Voorhees Park's was on Saved by the Bell, wasn't she? Yes, she was. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we're sidetracking Jeremy. Why do I Jeremy. Anywho, <laughs> we're sidetracking Jeremy's conversation. Way off track. <laughs> That's what's up. Always. I'm going. I'm going to look, and I'll tell you who my favorite Friday. Is. You, you just keep talking. And I want. And uh, Jeremy, when you're done, and Todd, we got to hear your favorite Friday Thirteenth girl. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, go ahead, Jeremy. For, Sorry. Friday Thirteenth kill. No, no, your favorite girl. girl. At a Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. yeah. Any of the girls. Oh yikes! Uh, I would say I would definitely say the twins from four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. The twins are. Yeah, I love the I love the pleated <laughs> jeans, the acid wash yeah, jeans. Mom, and, like, and twins. I, I, and yeah. the twins. Yeah. I like the yeah. twins too. In one and part three, they're just on one girl. <laughs> <laughs> yikes! 
Just lost five female listeners on that comment. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, well, man. At least we had Sorry, five brother. at one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. It's, been, it's, it's late at night, you know. But Friday nights, we play fast and loose with the rules. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or, or, or I, I may, maybe I'd say the 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 uh, the the rock chick from uh, Manhattan who who plays guitar. Oh yeah, video. This is my jam too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't have much more to say besides I love um, the the killer in this movie. Reminds me a lot of like um, a weird cross between Crispin Glover and Hayden Christensen. Yeah, uh, when he, he reminds me of Craig Christensen when he talks and he's like, she's stuffed in the coating bag in the closet, you know, all that weird shit like that. And he's a he's a weird guy, like like my my uncle is he's a cop, you know, just very strange. And um, I, I I like that quite a bit. He's a he's a really like the the ending of this like the last twenty minutes of this movie is insane. Like how fast it goes. It's oh, probably man. faster than most of the, the other two. Like it really hits the fan fast. And um, with the whole, like, um, shrine van, like the whole van, it's a shrine, basically, with all the bodies in it. And, uh, you know, him, you know, basically saying, like, you know, uncle, they will pay uh, with, the, with the news clip that you saw earlier <laughs> in the yeah. police station, um, all that stuff. Like, it's, it, it all hits the wall pretty fucking quick. And, um, yeah, it's a... Um, it's a weird one, um, but, um, oh, oh, I have to say, one line here, which I, I love, it's from uh, Morgan, uh, calls um, Jackie at night, um, and he, where he's using a uh, telescope and watching all the girls dance and whatnot, and um, he calls and says, uh, I'd like, like to come by and see the house at night. Yeah. i like to see the visibility of the roof. Yeah, and, uh, I love that line. It's you the visibility. <laughs> it's like, tell you, uh, oh yeah, give you, never mind. Uh, give you a pro tip: that line does not work. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> but it's it's a it's telling hilarious. you from experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! My God! Yikes! <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I got a lot of notes here, guys. I don't. I, I want you guys to talk. So go ahead, please. All right. Who wants to go next? All right. Uh, okay. So I think this one goes a lot more into cliche territory. Uh, you get Duncan, uh, the school dork, and you get all the other guys who are just kind of the classic California Saved by the Bell types, 90210s, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Jeremy called him uh, Billy Corgan. I called him Euro Ninja Boy. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of just hanging out, creeping on the girls. And, man, he really has no purpose in the film whatsoever no. other than to be a red herring and get whacked and that's it literally that's it does he die um, oh yeah i thought he just yeah he dies off screen movie. but he's okay. dead oh yeah okay all right uh, that's how much he matters this movie exactly <laughs> okay uh so but that being said i think the girls are are still quasi interesting in this one they're not they're not completely cardboard uh though they do do some pretty dumb shit um and the acting is about where you'd expect it to be, uh, for better or worse. Uh, so getting back to Maria Ford for a second here, I'm going to play my pig card for the night, uh, like I haven't already. 
And I'm going to ask you guys whether or not you think that she had eyeliner around her nipples when she got to her Ooh. strip scene. Fuck. Because I thought that there was, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> not that I was looking. I but. think that I closed my eyes and I don't know. But <laughs> I would say yes. Yes. I look. I was looking between my Hopefully fingers. Hopefully you guys um, aren't easily, <laughs> easily offended, but... Uh, Sammy searches pay off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, and that being said, the Maria Ford, the Maria Ford character does uh, does get no. Don't click and review. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> the Maria Ford character does get it worse than the others. Uh, to be honest. Um, oh man! Uh, <laughs> oh good lord! <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah. Oh my god! Man, I'm not clicking on that. I'm an. Inter- I, I just want you guys to know I'm an internet professional. <laughs> There's one thing I can do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's find anything. <laughs> Oh man, that Sammy Fu is still strong. Yeah, man, oh, that's like a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't joking. Yeah, in more ways than one. A dead ham yeah. wallet. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that that really is the Arby's uh, oh. roast beef and Swiss, man. Oh. Roast beef yeah. and horsey, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> there's a whole lot of horsey going on. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna piss my pants. Man. I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm pitching it right about now. So, uh, so <laughs> unlike in the first two movies, uh, this one tries to mask the killer's identity to build up a little suspense. It's very little, but it is still kind of fun. Um, you do get the appropriate amount of stripper rock for Juliet's sex scene. Um, and, <laughs> and I, I kind of got the feeling that, that uh, Madison and company just kind of asked their glam rock buddies from down on the strip to do music for this movie. Yeah. Uh, Cause it feels like a lot of like struggling glam rock acts just kind of threw their hat in the, in the ring on this one. Um, thrash in that car when that girl gets drooled from the back of the seat. Yeah, a little bit. Thrash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, a little bit there. Uh, the big twist that you get uh, in the film is anything but. However, uh, it does allow the movie to get a bit deeper into the task at hand and quit playing with the mystery, like I said, that we don't really care about. Um, so, okay, here's a question. Why precisely does everyone just stand around and watch while the killer molests and then oh uh, kills yeah. one of the other girls. I mean, oh, I don't get that. that's a okay. really long time to just stand there and not react, like, at all. It's a, it's a long time. Even Which, by slasher standards. But here's the thing. If they had just not included the other two girls in any of the shots, you probably wouldn't have noticed. Because you would have just that's thought right. they were somewhere else trying to do whatever. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree which, 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 sure. which, But, I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's a prolonged amount of time to not do anything while something like that is happening. Yeah, um, stand in the foray, just, just freaking out. They don't do anything. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're just watching, they're watching the floor show. Uh, you do get some <laughs> confounded. Uh, there's confounded by net. Yes, there yes, is. Yes, they do. Yes. 
Um, and the finale doesn't quite do it, I guess, for budgetary reasons, which was really weird because they weren't really afraid of showing some of the some of the close-ups uh, earlier in the film or or blood for that matter. But this one, for some reason, they kind of like pumped the brakes at the end and started to play around with editing, and it didn't quite work for me, uh, like the actual climax of it. Mm, um, yes, and then. <laughs> this uh so you know ultimately this one is less satisfying than the others uh being as conventional as it is yeah um yeah I, th- here's the thing though i've i've still seen way worse yeah uh i admire the uh the level of energy and enthusiasm that all of the movies have and even this one here uh and the efforts there uh and it shows so uh, i give it a lot of credit for that uh, but as far as being, you know, anything of a standout, not really. I mean, you you might want to see it just for um, the the heights of histrionics that the killer gets into, uh, and uh, a couple other moments. But other than that, it's it's really just a uh, an odd uh, standard kind of slasher movie. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah, I find the that's all I got. Placement of a couple of freckles on those pictures I sent very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I love Will's reaction of oh god. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him. I, 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 and Todd, I think the massacre is definitely on point, buddy. I, I, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I gotta say those photos are definitely on point. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I watch this at work. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going back to my bunk. Catch you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bunk, did you see those pictures? I said <laughs> somebody dropped a bunch yeah. of bunk in that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that horse he coming strong. <laughs> that cherry tattoo. That false, that false advertising. <laughs> oh, oh, that's more uh, like a turn. I don't even know, like a mass turn up or something. I don't even know. Nausea, I'm feeling right about now. <laughs> oh I, man, I, I don't know how oh. I feel about well, these. These uh, late night shows oh. always get way out of control. They do. Uh, okay, Go so ahead. am I going to jump in here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold off on the bunk for a minute. So I always love uh, openings with photos of the characters. I, I mean, it, it for this one, it doesn't quite live up to it, but it always gives you a sense of melancholy. You're at the end of the film, right? The fates, the characters, and so forth. But I think it humanizes them. Uh, whereas this, yeah, it really does feel like 9 or 2 in Omar Rose Place in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, everything yeah, but the peach pit. Everything but the peach pit. Uh <laughs> yeah what uh excuse me <laughs> yeah we get we get you know i got there's a lot of stuff at the beginning some great kind of fisher stevens like weirdo in the house stuff that's fun and oh dude i, I totally put fisher stevens down on my my note for for morgan yeah yeah totally totally morgan's good uh the girls just want to have fun why did i write that down because they did their little dance uh, yeah, strip routine. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Uh, we get the nod to the closet scene in Halloween. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a few Halloween nods for the, for the series. Um, it's weird. Watching this one, I do like that it's a change of pace from the other two, almost in the way that um, 
Blair Witch 1 and 2, like, or Wreck, like some of the Wreck films as they go on. I think it's like the fourth Wreck that kind of breaks from the, the whole camera uh, stuff, but um, they're all very different. This one, it did feel like a very uncomfortable, like domestic violence horror film because he's just this preppy, emotionally disturbed guy and they're mm-hmm. just watching it happen. And mm-hmm. it's pretty horrible. Like it honestly, like, it, you know, I've seen a lot of awful stuff in horror films, but it felt a little bit uncomfortable. I got to say. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty mean spirited, dude. It is. It's, it's mean spirited for sure. Yeah. Uh, and with the drill and everything. And, but I'll tell you again, our killer in this goes for it. Um, yeah, he does. <laughs> he really goes for it. He looks like a child holding a toy gun. I just, he doesn't, it's fun because he's, he's really putting everything into it, but he's selling it, man. Like he's really selling it. Uh, speaking of harpoon guns and, and my girl, uh, Vera Sanchez, uh, get a little gun through the leg action in this. Um, and, uh, Man, my notes are my penmanship's getting worse. <laughs> Dialogue makes. I don't know. Uh, we get you know Todd mentioned, or was it? Yeah, Todd mentioned being confronted by Net. Yep. Um, this that back twenty minutes just straddles line between goofy and kind of intense and mean spirited. So it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird mix. Um, clunky and clumsy, but still intense. I don't know. It, it's, uh, I like it though. I, I do, I do like it for sure. It's just, uh, a different one. That's, that's for sure. Nice. Yeah. For as much as it, for as much as it's doing a little bit different that it feels, it kind of <laughs> distinguishes itself from the pack. It's really, it's, it's odd because it's just, it's so much more cliched and standard than mm-hmm. the other two are. While being just really just yeah like mean, like rattlesnake kind of mean, in certain ways yeah yeah also, yeah. also these characters we see them suffer oh yeah yeah well yeah Ken hates lamps he hates them he just destroys <laughs> all the lamps he can find yeah, yeah he, he hates lamps that's right he oh, <laughs> really does yeah it's uh Tina actually my bad it was in Friday Thirteenth the New Beginning. Uh, this Tina, is your girl? Yeah, Tina Devi Sue Voorhees is her name. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep, there we go. All right. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, I can get behind the Vera Sanchez. I see her. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Samantha Lane, too. She was in Fire 13 Part 4. Oh, Sammy. Good call, man. Yeah, she's a good call. Debbie Sue's a good call, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, good call. Yeah, we're usually... We sound like such pigs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we do. No, we do. We're taking it back. A little bit of trick, a little bit of treat. Yeah. Um, Just be thankful I don't post that link on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know what to say. Trick, treat, turn up horsey sauce. Uh, that's a little bit of everything, man. Yeah, I think trick, treat, or trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have to agree with all you. The, the problem with this one is that it is so standard. And uh, it, it kind of feels, feels cheap. I mean, it was only like... Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. It made a million and a half dollars. Uh, Damn. Yeah, that's oh, the, that. the power of the name, probably, and uh, it's interesting to me. But yeah, this one just feels really standard in a lot of ways. It's not, you know, well, it's not real well shot. It kind of feels silly. Uh, homeboy's no good with pizza. He walks in there and drops it right on the rug. Man. Oh. You can't do that. That's a party foul, man. It is. That is a party foul Reed. for real. Reed. 
But so also, what would be worse, eating eating it off the rug or eating it off the dead guy? Well, the, the I part, guess it depends on the rug. Yeah. Uh, did you, did I, you, think, you, I think it's the 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 bleach the bleach on carpet. You can't no. clean fucking carpet. You can't <laughs> clean the carpet with bleach, man. Did, did you see no, the bleach? Wait a minute. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see? Did you see the picture of the rug I sent you? Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I would not eat very much off of that rug. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the uh, the truth is, uh, you know, it's it's her fault for letting people eat pizza when you got a white carpet in the house. You can't do that. Yeah, man. right. Stay in the kitchen. That. Yeah, that's that's a that's just a that's a faux pas of all all day. Pro tip: white carpet, no good. Uh, no. Looks good, nope. no good. But if you, especially if you got kids, man, no good. Uh, that is that is a bad move. Yeah, the, what's interesting about this one is it kind of ticks some boxes. Yeah, it kind of ticks <laughs> some boxes that you almost don't want it to tick. Like you know, our killer has some some pathos and some psychosis here, but he's got he's got a shrine. He's got uh, some other weird stuff going on. I do like the way they turn the film when yeah. when uh, we find out who the killer is. I like how that works. And I think that is the, the yeah, biggest strength in the movie, the way they just kind of turn on a dime. Uh, I don't know if I did, if I saw it coming or not the first time I saw it. Of course, obviously, this time around I knew. But I was watching it this time and I was thinking to myself, well, they did a pretty good job of hiding it, actually. And uh, even though, you know, because they, they mess with the red herring thing a few times and stuff. And that's what I kind of said. The first one's kind of a straight up, you know, every man, everyday slasher kind of know who it is. The second one's very supernatural and strange and this one is much more just a whodunit type deal and uh so you got the red herring set up and the scooby-doo-esque uh you know we thought it was this guy and all this kind of stuff and yeah yeah i agree with that it's all there but i have to agree with what you guys have been saying you know i know i was searching and playing jokes behind the scenes but i was listening this one does feel sort of uh i i don't know unfairly cruel like it's not, it's not overtly. I mean, it's it's pretty violent either way. But there's something about the bulliness of the killer in this that kind of bothered me too. And I don't know what that is because you know you watch these movies and obviously a killer is a killer. But I don't know. I guess it's because they all you had this group of characters who should be able to overtake. You know, maybe somebody's going to take a hit. Uh, maybe somebody's going to get hurt, but you know you got a, four or five people there. It seems like they would be able to take a guy on, but everybody just runs. Yeah, yeah, and runs well, from room I, to room. It's, it's very strange. It's weird because like the first one is pretty solid. Like with the, the obviously a mental patient leaves, escapes to mental uh, hospital, and then all of a sudden you have the second one where there's a dream, sort of a dream uh, night. The dream guy comes out of uh, her nightmares. And all of a sudden, we have this preppy guy who his uncle his uncle died and he com- he committed suicide in this. And all of a sudden, he's just upset about things and he wants to kill somebody apparently. And he just picks these people to kill, and it doesn't make any sense. And when he does kill people, it feels so like just angry and and uh, it isn't for me at least. It doesn't make any sense in this trilogy. Like he's just so ups- he's so upset about his uncle dying, he'll just kill anybody brutally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's which just, is weird. Yeah, it is, and it's just it. There's just an ugliness to it, and it's just it's very strange. Uh, I don't want to read into it too much because I think it's just really just a a cheap low budget movie, and they're just trying to give you some kind of motivation. But um, 
it just it it does have a strange tone that uh it doesn't really work and it is the weakest of the three i mm-hmm. i will say though uh, even with saying that i did enjoy it uh, i mean it moves along pretty good it's very standard but it works and uh i didn't mind it that much i really didn't i mean it some lines are pretty funny some uh you know, i like the turn with the killer uh the girls are interesting uh the wig is bad but outside of that it's you know they're not half bad and uh you know it's a shame uh it's a shame it couldn't have been a better movie uh but it, it's not bad it's uh, you know I've, I've seen much 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 worse so oh god yeah, yeah. oh yeah i've seen this yeah all right let's uh yeah i mean you do get some good kills like we did talk about you know i've talked and taught about this before we started recording tonight. you know this is the only slasher i know of that Somebody gets killed with a house for sale sign. Yeah. And, uh, I love that scene. It's yeah, a very good scene. It's really good. And then there's a, obviously a, a a dildo electrocution, which is, yeah. That may have that may show up in another movie. I feel like that may have shown up somewhere else. But <laughs> First time for me. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I like it's probably as stylish as this film gets, though, is that uh, dildo electrocution. I mean, you saw it coming. She plugged it up, turned it on, and then left it plugged up. It's like, no, you, that's a, man, you, that's. Bad move. Rookie mistake. Yeah, rookie mistake, man. There are some rookie moves. They have that that great animated electricity too. That 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 blue white. I love. I love all the animated lightning electricity effects. It's the best. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good. Um, all right, let's get into maker breaks and MVTs and and wrap this puppy up before we search for more photos and regret it. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, for me, uh, my make or break is sort of the, um, uh, what, 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 this, this one was the hardest for me to make up, make a breaks in MVTs. Uh, but my make or break is sort of the <clears throat> glossy sort of, uh, 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 I don't know what the word is here, but the sort of. The way it's shot, but like, but but, but like the uh, sort of dreamlike sort of scenes. There's a lot of scenes that are very dreamlike with Morgan and Jackie when they meet each other for the first time. A lot of it doesn't really connect for me, but it feels like a dream the entire time. Um, but also, like we, like a lot of us have said on here, um, that 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 nine hundred two one zero sort of um, Saved by the Bell sort of. I like like feeling to the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like that's sort of the make or break because uh, compared to one and two, uh, this one I feel like for me, uh, it's where it becomes almost a weird uh, divide where it's almost one and two, but they couldn't figure things out. Where you have a sort of dream logic and you also have the reality of things. Uh, there might be, there might not be any dream sequences or an awesome rockability dude, rockability dude, uh, you know, dice rolling around with the guitar, but like, it's very dreamlike for the most part. Uh, but that's my, my make or break, this sort of, um, reality break, uh, Twin Peaks-esque. Um, my MVP, my MVT is, uh, uh when Morgan and Jackie meet for the first time, because that's when it gets truly strange. Um, that's when you really know what you're getting yourself into because that whole scene, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like three or four minutes 
what's very strange where he's like, where she's uh, Jackie's like, yeah, just take a look around the house. It's fine. My, 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 I got to talk to my parents and he comes back within like, you know, 15 seconds. He's like, yeah, I saw the whole house. I like it. I want the house. It's very strange. And he just leaves and like, looks, he like peeks behind the door and walks out. It's very strange. You're you're getting, I would assume whoever's listening to this episode knows what they're getting yourself into. So that's, that's my MVT. Yeah. Uh, score. score uh, I'm going to go six point seven five. Um, I dig it, and it is fast. It, it's it's very well paced, uh, but it's definitely my my third favorite out of the trilogy because I, I think uh, two is my favorite uh, first, my second favorite, and this one is definitely last. Uh, but um, but yeah, it, it's not it's not it's not a bad movie. It's just a it's such a weird tonal shift. I mean, we thought that two was a weird tonal shift with this sort of Freddy Krueger, Andrew Dice Clay guy coming out of dreams. But uh, this one is truly odd. I, I I don't know how to place it because they try to get to places like um, like Slumber Pass, Slumber Massacre Two, Slumber Party Massacre Two, but they don't get there. But they try to sort of um, mimic it, and they can't get there. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I I like it, uh, but um, just be prepared. I mean, I also have to. I, I gotta say, Jeff Barton helped hit me up with this link to find this movie too. So um, a shout out to him. Uh, helped me find this thing because I couldn't find this thing anywhere. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was weird watching a VHS rip, a straight VHS rip of this movie, which probably helps the sort of um, dreamlike factor to this movie. So, yeah. but yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, all right. Make or break for me. It's uh, Maria Ford's big scene, um, and I thought that it was actually really effective on a psychosexual level. Uh, and that's the one that stuck out to me. Is the one that I remembered uh, from the last time that I I watched this. Uh, and so when it came back around, you know, it still stood out as being um, well the standout. Um, MVT. I'm going to give it to Madison. Uh, I think she makes the most out of what she has. And, you know, uh, while this ain't prime rib, it's not exactly a bad piece of meat, uh, so to speak. And I'm going with a score of uh, 6.5 out of 10. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, not great. Uh, it'll get you through uh, if, you got, if you're in, in the need for a slasher fix. Hmm. Yeah. Will? Uh, <clears throat> make yep. a break. I'm that was a deep that. breath there, buddy. Me? <laughs> yeah, somebody took a deep breath. <laughs> Not I. That was me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. I'm going to go with the finale again. It's just this weird mix of emotions and tones. I don't know, but it's effective enough. Uh, MVT for this one. Mm, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't want to give it to the killer again because, you know, Driller Killer is where it's at. The, the Rockabilly in part two. Uh, I'm going to go with um, just the tone for this one, I guess. Uh, I think it, yeah, it's, uh, even though it's uneven and it's just kind of, bounces around it it worked for me it was effective and i i think this is a better film than part one i know i'm in the minority on this one but 
one for me, just the killer takes me sort of be so boring and just so worthless to me other than his, his outfit. And, uh, I just, yeah. Other than when he screams at the end, I just like, dude, you're just, you're Ben Stein with a drill and you're useless. <laughs> um, so I got to go with like the yuppies. He's blinded. He's swinging that drill around. He, another, you know, butterfly net, you know, catching butterflies. And it just, it's so ridiculous, but it somehow works. So my Michael this Myers, Michael Myers in uh, Halloween 2, right? Oh, with the, with the, yeah, yeah, his eyes, yeah. So this, I'm going to go 6.5. 6. Nice. Cool. Uh, I'm going to a break. I'll go with that scene that I was talking about with the twist. I think it's pretty well done. And I don't think if you haven't seen it before, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, if you can make it that far, that's the key. Um, I gotta give it to Matt Madison as well. I think she does a good job. She, you know, she uh, she's a Roger Croman, uh, Croman. <laughs> Roger, <laughs> I, I am so tired. Roger Corman, uh, yeah, uh, alumni, and so she worked on quite a bit of stuff for him in the eighties uh, and nineties. So, um. He wasn't making his best stuff then, but you know he's making some fun stuff in there. So she was she was there, uh, and this was her shot, I think. And this is the only thing she ever did. And I think she did a pretty good job, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Like I agree with Todd said, it's a uh, you know it's pretty good. Uh, it's not prime rib, but it's uh, you know certainly a nice sirloin. I'll just uh, yeah. give another little metaphor for Todd there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> she steak? Uh, yeah, maybe. No, no, no. I wouldn't quite go flank. <laughs> maybe more like a more like a steakum, maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, a steakum, yeah. All right. Uh, my score is uh, a little bit lower, uh, six point two five. I liked it. I got through it. I didn't fast forward. That's always a key, uh, you know, because I'd seen it before. I, I watched the whole thing in full again, and so you know that that's a that's a sign that the movie's well made because I was kind of into it. Uh, the Maria Ford uh, yuppie gas scene was kind of gross too. It was kind of uncomfortable. It was. Yeah, it was something kind of gross, and you know his kind of child nature towards her. I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, yeah. It's skeevy. You know what I mean? So yeah, agree with that. Anyway, uh, that's it. Six point two five out of ten. Uh, fun, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm two, one, and three. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm the same. I think Jeremy said the same thing. So yeah, three's, three's yeah. probably the weakest, but it's not. It's not the worst thing you can watch. No, uh, we've seen. We've all seen a lot worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably pick something I've never seen, and it'll be worse. <laughs> uh, uh, so that is the big show. We want to thank Jeremy for coming on. Uh, check out his podcast. Uh, what was? Uh, I apologize. I'm so tired. What was it called again, Jeremy? Sorry. Uh, pop culture purgatory. There you go. Where can you find it? Uh, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Podbean, and you can find it on Castbox. But there's also like a bunch of these different, you know, podcast sort of apps that you can find it on too. But those are those are the three sort of main uh, apps you can yeah. find it on. I don't even think I can pronounce that title right now. That's how tired I am. That's <laughs> so that's why it's called PCP. There. Oh, that's good. That's good. You got a good, uh, got a good acronym there. There we go. I like that. Yeah, we, it was planned. It was planned. <laughs> oh, nice, 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 nice touch. Um, yeah. So check out his show, and thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this. Uh, like we said in the past, you know, everybody that's ever been a part of this, we all consider them family. So thank you so much uh, for coming on and helping us get through these. Uh, we hope you had a good time. Sounds like you did. So we hope you did. I did. 
<laughs> I did, man. I I cannot I cannot express uh, this the, the the love, man. I can't express it. Like I just um, I can't believe this. It's, it, I know you guys say you're not celebrities, and I I, I understand that too. But um, like for me, you guys have. Um, you guys are magical to me, man. Like this is uh, it's been a really incredible experience. Thank you guys so much. Nice, Our nice. pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep. Uh, we'll be out of town next week. You heard that, so it'll be uh, just me and the totter next week. And uh, we think we are doing. I'm pretty sure we're doing. Uh, uh what the fuck was it? Yeah. Oh, uh, Knights of the City uh, and Night, Night Patrol. Patrol. Yeah. So just to keep the fun going, you did Knights of the City with a k right so yes and i'm doing night patrol with an n so uh yes. just to kind of keep the fun of the show going and uh just to be silly uh <laughs> so should be fun should be a fun episode and we'll safe travels and thank you i'm gonna get to meet up with some really dear people that we're just that we absolutely love so it's gonna be a lot of fun uh let's wish everyone a very safe and happy halloween yes um, let me ask you guys one final thing since we're on the topic of Halloween and all things spooky. Just the first two that come to mind, your three favorite horror films. Go, Sammy. Oh, me? Oh, Put man. Put on the spot, no. buddy. Three, four, three favorites. Three this favorite. is definitive. This is in the moment. Yeah. Okay. Friday 13th Part 2. I'm going to go The Thing and um, rah, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Halloween, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Nice. Rob Zombie, nice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I like. I like. I like. I like Rob Zombie. I do like Rob Zombie's Halloween Part Two. I do say that. That, that horse. I'm more apologetic for Zombie that than anybody, horse. probably. Yeah. Go ahead. Very good. Very good. Who's next? Oh, come on now. Uh, oh, too much. Go? Okay. Uh, come on, Todd. Let's off the top of my head, uh, the thing, John Carpenter's, uh, the thing, uh, Horror Express, and. Nice. I didn't know that. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. The original King Kong. Oh, nice. Ah, nice. Jeremy, go. Whew, okay. Um, I'm going to go Dead Alive. Um, oh, gonna go with, I'm going to go. I'm also going to go with The Thing. And, um, oh, shit. Um, it might be The Carpenter because he's my favorite. But um, uh, I, I don't know. Um, Come on. <laughs> It's always hard. Right. It's, it's always, it's always hard to right. get that third one in there, bae. Yeah, uh, <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> not if you're Marta Cobert. Five. No, four, not if you're Marta Cobert. Three. Two. I'm an evil dead, too. Uh, nice. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll go uh, Return of Living Dead, Suspiria, and The Thing. Good. Yeah. Nice. So, so what's so the one? Everybody chose the thing. Yeah. So that should tell you <laughs> everything. Is, uh, yeah. It's, but uh, the thing is almost a perfect movie in a lot of ways. It's yes, a, it is. It's a western. Oh, it it's is a horror movie. It's it's sci-fi. It's almost everything. It's it is great. I always I always want to put up that question on the board. Texas Chainsaw or the thing? Which we know the answer in this circle. But I think it's interesting because the both are just high watermarks for the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I showed my, show my son the thing. He, he dug it quite a bit. Yeah, my guys love it too, man. It's he great. It bit, so. Good stuff. So hey. once again, happy Halloween to everyone. I'm yeah. going to miss you guys. Jeremy, thank you for being on. Thanks, and uh, you guys know uh, there's only one thing left to say. That's right. That's adios. 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 Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com and you can email the gentleman 
midnightcinema at gmail.com. Thank you.